Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked. It's Friday, April 21st. Hope you all had a good day of yesterday. Uh, I'm Atul Pearl. It's time to get in the weeds with Jeremy Lambert. And we're just going to get right into it because we have a bit of a time crunch. Uh, Andrew Zarian is joining us from Wrestling Observer and Matt Men Podcast. We're going to talk about uh, a, a little bit of a return that's coming to the wrestling world. First of all, Andrew, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. What a great week this is. Beautiful out today here in New York. I've had a very eventful week. I, I'm on like four hours four hours of sleep. I think that's why I agreed to come on, because I, I have not <laughs> slept. <laughs> but I was like, Joel's like, hey, you want to come on? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know? Uh, thank you for having me, first thanks, of all. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, yes. such a short for us. So uh, we saw. So Jeremy, I want you to tee this up because I was literally on the way to daycare, trying to like catch up on everything. Catch us up, and then we'll have a full conversation about what's going on with the AW and CM Punk. Uh, so Andrew Zarian, the man himself, uh, reports that CM Punk is is going to be back, and it's going to be June. Let me get the date: June seventeenth, Saturday, United Center. Uh, and this seems to be the debut episode of AW Collision. I'll get the wording right. It's a, the, the tweet is, spoke to a few people this week. It seems AW will be running the United Center on Saturday, June 17th. This could be the date for CM Punk's return to AW and the debut episode of AEW Collision. And you can find more at 1030 on Matt Men Podcast or right here. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, on Zarian, Zarian's just gonna be like, come on, she's like, yeah, watch Batman and then leave. That's what, uh, yeah, Jeremy, they, before we went on, he yeah. goes, you know, it would be really funny if you were like, yeah, this, like, uh, you know, you intro me, and I'm like, yeah, I'll have all the information at 10 30 on Batman, and I just leave. <laughs> I figured you were just gonna filibuster with us for the next like 30 minutes, and then I really- thought about that too. I thought about that. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, um, I sat on this for a while. And last week when I was doing Matt Men, I don't know if you were watching, Joel, but I was, I got very confused with, uh, with where this announced, where this event's happening. Cause I did not realize that AEW actually announced Wintrust. And originally I was told this would happen at Wintrust Arena, which would be an easy sellout for them. Uh, while I'm doing the show, I'm being told no. That is not happening, and it's United Center. So I sat on that for about a week because I wanted to confirm, you know, you want to do your due diligence and you want to contact the right people. And I got in touch with someone that happens to work with the United Center. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, June 17th, AEW. Yeah, so what Fightful Selected heard was the Wintrust story that you had opened up with. Yeah. And I was listening to your particular episode of Matt Men. I uh, happened to have been just popped in. And I and I was saying, you know, one of the best parts about it, if it had been the 21st, was that the NBA playoffs will be 100% over by then because the last possible game, uh, game seven in the finals, would have been June 18th. So yeah. now, it, the 17th, if that's the date that they're going with, you still don't run into a playoff game, so you're in the clear. Uh, so in terms of, like, scheduling, it made perfect sense. And doing it in Chicago, yeah, you do the United Center. It's kind of become the home of CM Punk and AEW. So uh, this this kind of makes sense. It all comes together. Are, are they going to try and play it off like last time and make it the worst-kept secret in wrestling? Or, like, what are we doing here? It is the worst-kept secret in wrestling, but that's because a lot of people are excited about it. Um you know, tons of people are talking about it. Tons of people are asking about it. I've been people from AEW reached out to me. Uh, I I would say that about a month ago, the rumbling started with CM Punk. 
the collision stuff i i i mean we we spoke about this a bunch like the the original concept of the show or at least what i was told was not an a tier an a1 show it was it was described to me as you know we need to get more tv time turner's very interested in having more aew wrestling on on their properties and this was another fun way to get an hour out now i mean this was very early on and it was sold to me by somebody within AEW. So, I mean, they could have possibly not really known what Tony was planning here. And they could have, you know, just told everybody this is what the idea is rather than saying, you know, CM Punk's coming back. But originally, it was supposed to be just to get more talent on TV. There was an opening. There were some conversations about a 6, 8, 6 p.m. time slot, a 6.05, you know, back to Saturdays on TBS or TNT. And that very quickly changed. It ended up, I mean, it was within, you know, a couple days I was told, no, actually, it's changing. So I, I guess things move very fast with CM Punk with this. And they came up with this concept. I, I don't know the logistics of how it'll work, but it's exciting stuff. Do do we think this gets announced at the Warner Brothers upfronts? So that's scheduled for, for May 17th. So we're less yeah. than a month away from, from that. Do you think this is the big rollout? Punk's back. Here's here's the date. Here's the announcement of Collision. And just and even announcing an extension, because we were, we were talking a little bit off air, like uh, James Andrew Miller was on Jim, uh, Jimmy Traina's podcast. And he's like, oh, I know for a fact that people in Warner Brothers are interested in WWE. He seems like, well, if they're going to add more AEW programming, I don't know how interested they are. I'm sure they are interested in WWE, but I don't know how feasible it actually is. So Warner Brothers upfronts seems like a big, like, here's a lot of AEW stuff coming. So I, at 9.25 a.m., I got a quote from somebody at at, uh, at Warner regarding the WWE interest. And I will be talking about that on Matt Men at 10.30 today. There but, we go. Uh, I, there you go. You know what? I would have said it, but now, now you know, you guys, you guys push me to do it. Um, I, I would say that that is it's it's speculative um, and also how could you not be interested? You would have to be a dummy not to be interested in WWE product if it's available for you and it's affordable for you. There aren't too many properties on television, especially cable, that could create a consistent audience week after week. And it's live 52 weeks out of the year. You don't have a 12 episode season. And it's not, you're not paying NBA money. You're not paying NFL money. It, it's a very hot property, especially if you're in the sales game. And this is what it really comes down to. Now, would Warner Warner be interested? Would they be able to sell WWE? Absolutely. But I, I based on what was said to me, I, I don't see it that being a reality. But, you know, they I, I don't know if there's an extension. Now, upfronts, yes. I, I did hear that they're announcing it at upfronts, which would be where you would want to, you know? Uh, this is it's interesting, and it shows you the relationship between Warner Media and AEW right now to commit five hours a week on prime time. You know, as close to prime time. I mean, Rampage is on at ten, but still, you, you have a a gigantic audience. You're putting this in front of. You have tremendous reach, and you're now selling five hours worth of advertising for this product. You are in bed with this com- with this company. They are very much. This this tremendous synergy between the two of them. Uh, I know it's very positive the conversations regarding AEW. I rarely hear anything negative, so I, I see them, you know, extending their deal, whatever whatever terms they're going to do. Four years, five years, three years. I don't know, but you know, this paid off for Warner for sure. 
Where originally, this started off with an ad split, right? Wasn't that the conversation that they were going to do a revenue split and immediately they were able to get some sort of money for their product? Immediately, they added Rampage. And now, three years later, they have a second A-tier. I'm, I'm using hand quotes here for people listening. A-tier two-hour product on Saturdays. So before I ask my next question, I do want to call up this chat. Uh, Andrew Zarian, you need to get the people what they want and unbutton that shirt a bit. All right, here we go. It's too early. People pay for this. We had to make people pay for this. That's true. If you want, maybe maybe this could be a fightful select exclusive. Andrew Zarian's (laughs) unbuttoning. That's right. The next the next one has to be a super chat. The next uh, unbuttoning button (laughs) (laughs) got to be a super chat. Uh, So you and I, Andrew, we talk about business in wrestling when we do. Uh, Do you consider this to be a sustainable option for AEW having not just Collision and a second? Two hour show now on Saturdays, but also if this soft brand split, hard brand split, whatever it is, do you think that this is something sustainable? Is it something that maybe can change over time? What are your feelings about uh, adding the second hour or sorry, second two hour show? I understand why they're doing it. Uh, there's money, obviously, and you want to continue growing, and this shows more brand connection with Warner with them giving you more shows. So I, I totally understand why Tony would want to do this. I, I think this is a smart move as far as financials go and business goes. However, you know, to write another two hours of TV, and I got to tell you, like, Dynamite was not great this week. It was not crazy about it. And you're going to have to now spread that amongst, you know, another two hours it's going to be difficult, but you know Tony's smart. He's not a dumb guy whatsoever. He's very creative. He he understands wrestling, so it, it's very possible they could do another great show. But th- this leaves a lot of questions on the table. One, what do you do with Rampage? What happens with Rampage now? What kind of tier show is it? You still have Ring of Honor, which was, as far as I know, early on Warner was not interested in in having them on a property on TV at the time being. Now this may change, you know, to me it was said like, listen, it's going to be a negotiation year. So obviously they're not going to commit to anything. Now they want to get the ball rolling with the contract. And I think it's fair for both sides. That's why Tony announced for honor club. His end goal is not for that show to be on honor club. It's not going to gain anything other than what they're doing right now, which is not much. It's just, you know, a TV taping at dynamite or, or rampage. So there's a lot of questions here. And does Tony does Tony continue writing all the Ring of Honor TV and all the WWE uh, all the WWE TV all the AEW TV conspiracy theories? Ooh, Tony's words. really writing Raw, Raw and SmackDown now. Um, you know, it, it's uh, I'm hoping this is not a thunder like situation for them. I'm hoping that this is a uh, another way to highlight great wrestling and great talent. But we don't know until it actually starts. How much of this like? really hinges on CM Punk. And what I mean by that is, does Tony sell this to a, uh, to Warner as, hey, we're going to do this show and it's going to be based around CM Punk. We know he's a rating straw. Does Warner come to Tony and like, we want CM Punk back. Let's, instead of Collision being this one hour show, let's make it a two hour show and actually make it mean something. Does CM Punk go to whoever he goes to and say like, hey, let's do this. Let's, let's basically build the show around me and around a, a brand split. Like, how much is CM Punk just all hinging on this entire thing? I don't I don't necessarily know if CM Punk is going to be exclusive on this show. I, I don't I don't think he should. I think they they from 
I was told it's going to be swapping. The rosters will go back and forth. Some people will be, you know, a hard uh, brand split. Some people will be exclusively on one show. But I, I don't know of any, like, okay, we're going to do a draft, and this is a CM Punk show, and only CM Punk is on Collision and not on Dynamite. I, I don't know if that's true. I don't, I would hope not, because you're alienating a large portion of your audience on one of those nights, and that's never a positive. So, um, I would, I, I, I do know that CM Punk was not part of the conversation when the show was, when I heard about the show. Back in February. So I, I don't know if Tony had that in his back pocket and he started the negotiation with, hey, let's do this show and then slowly kind of gave gave Warner more. But Warner definitely is psyched to have him back. They understand the the viewership power that he has. They understand that he's a he's a name, he's a recognizable name and close to, you know, a golden age of wrestling. Like people people know John Cena, people know Dave Batista, people know Randy Orton, people know CM Punk. You know, from that era of wrestling. Uh, and there's a huge population that's still watching from there. So if you could get one of those guys, absolutely. You want them on your TV. And, and I'm sure there's more names that, that Warner would love to see on their on their property. It's just a matter of getting the deal done. And now you have this uh, unique opportunity with this guy again. And hopefully it goes better this time. Our pal Kate Elizabeth from Fightful says, What happens to the titles here? And hi, Andrew Zarian. Hello. Uh, I think I think you kind of just hit the nail on the head. If if they split, they're not set on either show. They kind of it's like pack A, pack A one. One week you're on Dynamite, one week you're on Collision. Back and forth. Here we go. Am I, am I right? Am I on the nose or what? Like, would yeah, that I, work more? I mean, it, isn't that what AEW does generally? You know, one week you're on Rampage and one week you're on Dynamite. I mean, it, it kind of they've they've done this for a while. Uh. You know, you see Kenny Omega on on Dynamite. You're not going to see him on Rampage. You're going to see him on Rampage the following week, but you're not going to see him on Dynamite. So they've done this experiment before, and they they probably have some sort of metrics to show that it works. Um, but in this scenario, it's less metrics and it's more getting along with your coworkers. That I I anticipate that blows over at one point. It would have to. You know, you can't. You're gonna you're gonna see that person in, in at pay per views. You're gonna be in meetings. There's gonna be some crossover there. I don't see this being you know the Bucks stay on one side for forever and and Punk is on another. I, I see this eventually, hopefully, blowing over. I mean, that's the smart. Uh, these are all smart guys, you know. And, and say what you want about CM Punk and 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 what happened, but he's a very smart guy. He understands the business, and so are the Bucks, and so is so is Kenny, and and so is Tony. So they they. Everybody here really understands, and this was said to me multiple times, They've, everybody involved understands the importance of AEW success. And, you know, you're going to have to swallow your pride at one point and, and think, okay, what's, what's the smarter decision here? One, the company's well-interest, the company's uh, expansion, and the future of the wrestling industry, or my beef with this guy. And it's legitimate beef. I mean, listen, do I want to be around someone that punched me in the face or hit me with a chair or whatever the alleged incident was? No, I don't. But there's always room for forgiveness, except for Joel. I'll never forget him. I'll never forgive him and forget him. Listen, just because I paid an old man to bring you a potato on a subway doesn't mean we're a goddamn potato. That goddamn potato ruined everything. That 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 caused every oh the debacle of 2020. It was the potato. Yep, that does it. 
Jeremy, uh, what else? You if got? you, I mean, if you've got fifty-two million, if you're getting fifty-two million out of this, I feel like yeah, you can forgive that uh, potato incident and yeah. you know, potato incident here, potato incident there. Uh, yeah, fifty-two million is going to change it. I know you got to run Zarian, so I'm, I'm going to let you plug and I stuff got four minutes. Okay, well, I got to make sure I, this gets asked because I feel like it's way more important than any type of wrestling question. Yeah, sure. What is one activity you would like to do after taking Nettable? Uh, definitely not mowing the lawn. Uh, that was a big mistake. I, I and I, I made a joke about how I ended up in the park. I, en- I actually decided that I was going to mow everybody's lawn, like in my neighborhood, like my neighbors. I have a lot of older neighbors, so I just took the lawnmower. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just mowing down the block. I'm doing all the sidewalks, and the next thing I realized, like I kind of woke up from this uh, daze that I was in. I was like, where the hell am I? I'm like two blocks down. I'm mowing some stranger's lawn. So. Uh, you know, I, I think I watched too much, too many of those YouTube videos where they're like, Hey, I'll mow your lawn for free. You know, uh, definitely, definitely not, uh, mowing the lawn. I, I can't, I can't even make that better. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that, that true story, dude. True story. I also do the thing with the same thing with the snowblower. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta go shovel the snow. I better, I better pop an edible. And I just start going, and I, I'm like, the whole block is done. The whole sanitation department comes. They're like, oh, it's already finished, the whole neighborhood. Is wrestling better or worse on an edible? I got to tell you, it's it's watching it live way better in person. Watching it on TV, I think it's the most idiotic thing in the world. <laughs> it, it ruins it for me. I can't watch it if I'm if I'm like, you know, enjoying. I end up seeing, like, I'm like, oh, this is insane. What am I doing? What is happening here? But going to a live event, uh, a blast. If there's one thing I know about Andrew Zarian, it's that insanity is uh, very much in the cards when you're around. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna get Andrew out of here. I know he's got to run. He's got his own show to do at ten thirty, and we we appreciate him popping on our show uh, for twenty minutes here before he does that. Andrew, let everybody know where they can find you at Madman Podcast on. YouTube, Matman Podcast on Twitter, Andrew Zarian on Twitter. I posted the link. I'll be going live in about eh, twelve minutes. And, yeah, watch uh, the watch the replay. Stay here, everybody. Watch yeah, the replay. Yeah, watch the replay. Stay. Keep watching Joel and, and Jeremy. You gave all the info here, so you don't need. Yeah. To <laughs> you know. You know. I got a big Bill Goldberg update. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm news. joking. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> we'll bring Sean on. We'll we'll get Sean in here and we'll just tease a bunch of stuff with Sean. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be scoop wars on Friday morning. Yes. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with the scoops. This was it for today. <laughs> for today. That's right. This was Andrew, it. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Have a I had a blast. Always thank uh you. always a pleasure. We'll thank do it thank you very much, Andrew. Andrew Zarian uh, from Matman Podcast. Great man. He's always fun. He's always he's been so good to me. Uh, on so many levels, I, I appreciate him jumping on. That's the one thing I don't like about him. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Do you know that he led me through traffic to go to the first Arthur Ashe show? But you were just lost in New York? You were, yeah, you like was, Macaulay Culkin? It was our pal Jiminika and I were, were going to the show together. And uh, we were meeting up with Rich and Andrew from, from Matt Men. And uh, to get there, it was like a bunch of us. There was probably about seven or eight of us going together, meeting up, had a couple of drinks, and then went to the to the show. And like they walked us through construction and walked us like on the road of a very busy roadway. Like there were no sidewalks, and they're just walking us through like it's totally fine. I guess welcome to New York. <laughs> and I've been yeah, there a million times. Like what is this? They're used to it, you know. You you're used to that Canadian privilege. 
and, and Jiminique is from California. So they don't, I, and I, <laughs> yeah, they don't walk in California. They no just walk. sit in traffic and yeah, sit in traffic for 20 hours. That's what they do in California. Uh, shout out to Andrew Zarian. Good, good kid, by the way. Joel, you messaged me like just before the show. I was like, should I just ask Zarian to come on? I was like, yeah, sure. Can't hurt. I can tell you all the time with this stuff. Just send, send out messages. You never know who's going to say yes to some of this stuff. So, I uh, appreciate Andrew Zarian popping on when he really didn't have to, considering he's about to do his own show. So I guess we got to talk about CM Punk now. A little bit. Yeah, we do have, I mean, real quick, let's set this up. Uh, 1030, Haley and Kylie from Tag Talk are going to be on. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about CM Punk, but we're largely going to talk about Elite, Blackpool Combat Club, Hangman Page's contract status, which I think might tie in a little bit to Punk. Same with Bucks and Omega, their contract status. Uh, so Haley and Kylie from Tag Talk will be joining us at 1030. And usually we wrap this show at noon. That is the, that's been the plan. Uh, all the time is to wrap the show at noon. But Josh Bishop was uh, from AIW. He was free at noon. Could could do it. Could do an interview at noon. So like you know what, we will extend this episode a little bit longer today. So Josh Bishop from AIW. He's facing Matt Cardona for the AIW uh, Intense Title this weekend, and he'll be joining us on the show at noon. Looking forward to that conversation. He's got a really really fun match coming up at AIW with Matt Cardona, and he's going to have Steph Delander in his corner and. ECW manager legend to the stars Fonzie that's a wild match you're going to want to you're going to want to stick around cuz uh Josh Bishop is going to talk about that match he's going to talk a lot about what's been going on in his life lately because he's certainly uh without a few stories to tell so we're looking forward to it uh so so CM Punk speaking of guys with stories to tell what we're reading was was Dave reporting this morning that uh as you kind of alluded to with Andrew was that this deal for AW Collision almost you know, hindered on whether or not CM Punk would come back, that they almost wouldn't do the deal for this TV show unless they had CM Punk. Um, I, I have so many feelings about this and it's such a weird story because of the way a lot of it's played out publicly, but also played out public or privately. We haven't been able to get many details, but we've been able to get whispers and because of the whispers, they become louder details. How are you feeling going into this whole thing with Collision on the verge of being announced, the CM Punk news? What? How are we? I mean, I've said it from the start is that sometimes an apology like doesn't have to be forgiven. I don't know how the Bucks feel about this. The Bucks have been very silent when it comes to this stuff. Omega said a little bit of just, mainly like big picture, like, you know, it's about wrestling, like you don't need to take sides type of thing. And this was right after they returned. He uh, did the interview, I believe it was Sports Illustrated. So Omega said a little bit about it. The Bucks haven't said like anything about this situation. You know, all access, they they don't touch on it. It's just like, yeah, we were gone and now we're kind of back and we're not really gonna gonna say anything. It does feel like there's still some hurt on the Bucks side and I completely get why. That is who you know, got the chair thrown at them, got got punched. Like, I understand why there might be a little bit more hurt on that side. You know, it seems like money it could be a pretty big factor here of CM Punk. One, you're either paying him to sit at home and do nothing, and then you're you're hurting yourself in that. Or now, if like, wait, we can get an extra, you know, reported $52 million out if we bring CM Punk back and get this new deal. Like, ooh, we might have to take that. There's no denying. You look at the numbers, the figures. The ratings are down year to year from, from last year at this point to, to this year. Ratings are down. Do I think this is all CM Punk? No. Like a lot has changed in AEW. They're obviously up against the, the playoffs and things like that. 
But if you're if you're Team Punk, you look at this and be like, "I'm not there. What's what's going on?" Like, he, there's no denying he's a draw in, in this regard. So it, there's a lot to to take in with this, and I think it'll work for a little bit. Long term, it's gonna be it. I think there's some challenges there, and we we've touched on the challenges when it comes to like booking and, and management and things like that. And by management, I mean like ego management and, and uh, personal problem management and things like that. There's there's going to be some challenges there, and I don't know how much of it is truly settled. Reportedly, there haven't been many conversations between Punk and members of the elite, specifically the Young Bucks, but that's been mostly because both sides have been told to like stay away from each other Le- legally just don't don't engage don't talk that will eventually have to change especially as they all start working together again they will eventually have to share a building not necessarily a locker room but certainly a building for a pay-per-view as so many have mentioned uh that they're going to have to get together and chat and, and you know back in the old days it used to be that you know, you, you get a bottle of something and you talk it out or you swing fists and whatever. I'm not advocating for the old days, believe me. But I'm trying to say is that eventually they're going to have to sit down and talk about it. And I also understand that there is a certain amount of, um, I think trauma is a very loaded word in this case, but there is, there's a lot of drama, maybe trauma will, will save for a different, different conversation. But there was a lot of drama in how this all unfolded to begin with. You know, I don't know how willing I would be to talk to someone who got into that heavy of a fight with me if the reports are accurate as to how this, this thing went down at Brawl Out. Um, there's just there's a lot on the table and a lot of things that need to be settled between CM Punk, the Young Bucks, with Kenny Omega. Um, to, to, to a certain degree, I know Ace Steel isn't working there anymore, but he is part of this whole process as well. He was involved there should be at least something, you know, some sort of him in the room or at least him, just something. I, I feel like everyone involved um, needs some sort of absolution, I guess. Is the it's, it's not only like the the reported fight aspect of all of this. Punk said some stuff during that press conference and what has been mitigated there of what he said about, you know, the, the comments towards the elite and managing targets, the comments towards hangman and things like that, like screwing up all nearly screwing up the first million dollar gate. He's trying to run a business and everything. These are guys. And I said this before punk, uh, did his all out rant and, and everything. I said this the day punk came into AEW. How do these talents feel about CM Punk coming in there? It was obviously happy go lucky when he first came in because of course things are good, but how do they feel about him coming in when he didn't want to initially join the company? Tony Khan wanted him from the start and he didn't want to go in from the start. And I understand his reservations like, Oh, a millionaire, a billionaire who wants to start a wrestling company heard this before he didn't jump in on board. These other guys took the risk and did that. Oh, we went through a pandemic. Like we, we pulled through this entire pandemic without you. Now you want to come in when we're back in front of live crowds and stuff. And you want to act like you've built something here. And it's like, oh, we were the ones who, who started all of this. And not only do you want to like act like you built something like, oh, now you want the world title. Although 
you know, according to, to some people, he didn't actually want the, the world title. It's like, oh, now you want to be the, the face of the company. You want the big spots and everything. Like, how do they feel about all this? And I think some of his comments in that press conference like rubbed the wrong way off of that, too. It's like, wait, no, we were here from the start. Like, we were the ones running this business. Like, not you, you but is he part of running the business? That was a big speculation. You know, when punk said, I'm trying to run a business, does he have some type of like backstage office type of role? Okay. Uh, Kate mentions it. Like, I want to know what punk's backstage role is. Like, does he have some type of official unofficial title? So that to me always felt like a misspeak. And I, I totally hear anyone who's like, what was his role backstage? Cause yeah, listen, he said, I'm trying to run a business to me. I always read that as the business of CM punk. The, Me too. You know, and I think you and I have even kind of spoken about that on other shows uh, so many months ago and so many CM Punk <laughs> conversations ago. But <laughs> the point being here that, you know, it was it was always Punk trying to run the Punk business in AEW. He would have said the same thing wherever he went if he had the same, you know, same thing happening. The banner didn't matter. It was the CM Punk business. So to me, that's what it was. If it turns out that, yeah, he was working with a, a contract to be a talent scout or uh uh, producer or whatever you want to call them backstage, then yeah, that, that totally changes the conversation. Um, going back to the collision talk, Cyclops is better than Logan drops us some bits of or at twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming, where we absolutely do stream all of our shows. So come and drop, join us and drop some bits. Uh, it says, I still don't understand how the bosses see Rampage on Fridays, see Rampage Fridays ratings and think to themselves a Saturday show is a good idea. To me, Jeremy, Rampage has been more of a I think Will Washington hit it on the head. It's been more like Sunday night heat than it's been anything else when you compare it to shows that are, uh, that are, you know, well known. It's not WCW Saturday night because that was very low, but, uh, Sunday night heat, even especially before a pay per view, it was, a uh, it was a thing. It was a happening. Rampage never was supposed to be, as far as I understood it, this like, a tier show. I know they plugged it that way, but Tony also plugs every match as like the best match to ever happen ever <laughs> in the history of all mankind. You know, God bless the guy he's promoting. But to me, it always felt like you're doing one hour at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. It was never felt to be the biggest show they've got. That was Dynamite. It was the flagship. Now you're adding Collision and that is a Saturday night. Yeah, it's Saturday, but it's a Saturday night primetime 8 to 10 slot reportedly that time-ish, whatever. Um, that's a big deal. That's that there is a huge opportunity there. I think with Rampage, I don't know if it was supposed to be AA tier like Dynamite is and was, um, but he definitely had hopes for it to right off the end. I mean, that's where they did the CM Punk return. Uh, th- that's where they did CM Punk's first televised match as well uh, in, in AW. It's his first TV match since he left WWE and everything like that. Rampage was supposed to be a little bit more than what it's become. And like it had the stars and stuff on the show. And then it just stopped being that the injuries played a factor in that Tony's mentioned that like when everybody kind of got hurt, it's like, Oh, well, you know, we can't use Chris Jericho twice. We can't use John Moxley twice type of thing. And then it just became what it's sort of become. It's like almost throwaway matches, but that are good. But, and there's some storyline advancement and stuff, but for, if you miss it week to week, sometimes it's not the biggest loss in the world. Collision is definitely going to be a top tier show. Was that the original idea? Zarian kind of mentioned it. It's like, I don't know if that was the original idea. And when it was first brought up, it doesn't seem like that was going to be the original idea of like, okay, why are you adding another two hour show? Like, oh yeah, if it's just another one hour show, more talent, more opportunity, like sure, get that and everything. 
now it seems like it's going to be one of those A-tier shows, and this is going to go into, okay, well, how do you split the rosters? And, you know, it does one show feel more important than the other if you split the rosters? What do you do with the titles? A lot of unanswered questions on on all of this, really. Well, you know what? We, are, we talk about All Elite Wrestling a lot, but uh, we have two people here who also talk about it quite often here on Fightful Overbooked. Uh, from the show Tag Talk that drops every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, we have Kylie and we have Haley. Hello. How are y'all doing? Good morning. I've had a better morning than Haley has, but. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> do, do we yeah. dare get in the weeds on your morning or are we just going to talk about it? <laughs> oh, good. I got chased by a bee. It's like right before this. It's okay. I, I'm ready to, to chat <laughs> to make my day better. Well, thank y'all for joining us. This has been a, a banner morning and a very interesting week for AEW. Um, I think initially, you know, we were going to talk, and we, and we will, we're going to talk about BCC and the Elite, because I know that's a story that's very close to both of you, and, and I know you guys talk about it a lot, both online and on your show. Um, but since we're on the CM Punk talk, and since we're talking about Collision, uh, I want to ask you both, first, Kylie, uh, Collision's coming. It's another show that AEW is going to put out. Is it something that excites you? Is it something that you're like, oh my God, it's just another two hours of TV to watch? How are you feeling about another potential two hours of AEW programming? I'm excited about it if it's more like Dynamite and less like Rampage. If they treat it like it's something that matters, which it's it's going to be a two-hour show, it's in a decent time slot, it's probably going to have CM Punk. I think they are going to put attention to it. But if it's just another Rampage where we just get minor stories or you know little pieces from Dynamite, then I'm not that into it. I think AEW has a lot of shows and Dark and Dark Elevation are their own thing. They serve their own purpose. That's that. Um, But Rampage, I think, started off hot and really fizzled out. And now I worried that Collision is going to be the same thing where we're going to have a couple months that are really, really great. You're going to have good matches, good stories. And then it's just going to be where we put everything that can't fit on Dynamite. But I'm never going to say no to more AEW TV. Haley, I'll ask the same question, but I also want to add on with uh, the potential return of CM Punk. Is it something that drives you to want to watch more AEW TV or is it just kind of there and that's good enough? Like, how are you feeling about that? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I want to ask these questions to y'all specifically. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel I'm like very, I'm conflicted because I, I do love Punk and I do if this is going to be like Punk's show or whatever, as like people are saying, like Collision's going to be his thing. Um, I will watch. I will watch just because why not? I mean, <laughs> it's AEW, it's CM Punk. You know, I talk a lot of crap online, but you know, I'm going to watch it anyway, whatever. It just is what it is. But as far as like adding more programming to AEW TV, I feel like, while it kind of feels a little bit crowded, most people also aren't watching, um, like, the YouTube stuff. Most people also aren't even watching um, Rampage. So if you look at it that way, like, it's really only, like, four hours of TV for most people, um, which, you know. But I'm excited regardless. What? A, okay. Oh, go ahead, Joel. I was just going to say, I think it's really... It's interesting that like a lot of us talk to each other in this circle where we're all watching the shows 
And some of us approach this with, oh my God, it's another two hours. When in reality, not like a lot of people can pick and choose what they're going to watch. Not everyone's covering Mm -hmm. these shows. And I think we need to give a little more space to thinking like, Jeremy, don't give me that look. There are certain people. Some people are covering all of these shows. (laughs) But unfortunately, they're a very strong and loud minority. So at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, listen, I maybe I'm going to watch SmackDown. Maybe I'm going to watch Dynamite. I'm not going to bother with Rampage. I'm not going to bother with, you know, Darker Elevation. Or maybe I really want to watch Elevation and I'm not going to watch Monday Night Raw. Or I'm not going to, you know, whatever it is. Like, people will pick and choose based on their fandom and what interests them. Not everyone is going to sit around and be like, oh, my God, now I have to watch this. There's a lot of us who are in that boat just because we cover it. But that's, like, our little insular circle. Uh, But then there are review shows that cover for those who aren't watching. Uh, Jeremy, go ahead. And then we'll hit some super chats. Uh, the contract stuff. So Hangman Page is reportedly about to negotiate an extension. We know that the Bucks and Omega, their contracts could be up soon. The The news that Punk is coming back, do you feel better or worse about where the elite stands with AEW? And everyone's going to say, oh, of course they're going to say Cody left. All right, Cody left. So yes, yes, reportedly. They are reportedly, Sean. It's, it, Hangman Page has not come out and said, I confirm that I'm negotiating an extension. Where do you think things stand with with the elite, with the news that Punk is coming back and their possibility that they could leave AEW? Start with uh, Haley. So for me, um, when the news first struck, I was like, oh, they're definitely not going to resign, especially because... Like, they they had entered talks about it or whatever, but, like, hadn't heard anything past that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> there's not going to be a resigning. But now that Hangman is negotiating an extension, I am a little bit more at ease about it. Like, I, I do think that they'll probably stay. Um, I don't know. I'm still a little on the <laughs> But I hope they stay. I think that they will. I think that they will. I think, and I I think a lot of things, but especially I think the elite have proven since coming back from their suspension that they are invaluable to AEW. I think they are worth more than just a title of an EVP or a title of like a main event level talent. I think they bring a creativity and a storytelling element that, the fans of AEW really appreciate because they're the ones who started this whole thing. And so when I think about the elite hangman as well, but specifically Kenny Omega and the young bucks, when I think about them negotiating, I think they're in a really great place and I'm not entirely sure WWE or new Japan can offer them something that AEW can't. I don't think if Tony Khan was amenable to it, I don't think he would force the elite to work with CM Punk if that was an issue um, I mean, he could he could probably try, but I don't think he would do it. Same thing for CM Punk. I don't think he would force them to work with the elite. And Hangman, I think people forget just how young Hangman Page is. I think people, because the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are getting older and they're, you know, approaching 40 and they're going to be there sooner than later. Hangman isn't. Hangman is much younger. So there's a lot of upside to Hangman. And I don't, I don't think AEW thinks that he's, you know, dispensable. I think they're going to make every effort to re-sign Hangman Page. He's a world champion. He's probably going to get there eventually again. 
He's, of course, part of the elite story, which has, you know, taken over AWTV the last few months. Um, but I think Hangman just embodies AEW. So I fully expect that he'll get basically anything he wants. I don't, and I don't think the CM Punk thing is as big of an issue as people are making it out to be. I think at the end of the day, all of these guys have worked with people they don't like that they don't want to work with, and you move on. It's the same thing for all wrestlers. The CM Punk thing is not an anomaly in wrestling. Yeah, but how many of them have bitten your arm? <laughs> Listen, I don't know how many biters are in the locker room. I don't know how many people are just waiting with their, their pompers, just waiting. I don't know. I've never been in there, but. I feel like that's a conversation for another time. Uh, they gotta have wrestlers. Gotta have like strong jaws and stuff. They take a lot of shots to the jaws, so I imagine think. all of them uh, could could do some chomping if they wanted to. There, yeah. So they next- got free dentist, free dentist in the in the locker room as well. So like they they may be a little less worried about like you know what if I screw up my teeth, just go over to go over to Brit over here get get work done for free. You know, uh, I think the big tell for Hangman if he signs is if he comes out with a ginormous bag of cheese puffs one week. <laughs> that is absolutely it. He's just going to he's going to be like, "Oh yeah, this is great. I'm in a great mood. Everyone's happy." And what's going on, guys? And then he, everyone else is going to be like upset about whatever's going on with Blackpool Combat Club, and then Hangman's just going to be chowing down on cheese puffs just happy as a pig and you know what? Uh, let's hit these super chats and then we'll continue the conversation and get into Elite and BCC. Uh Kate kicks us off saying, "Here for the young babes LFG." Uh, hey, listen, these these two are wonderful. Go watch their show, Tag Talk, on Mondays on Fightful Overbooked. If you're not watching it, you're missing out, okay? And then Diver Digital has a super chat saying, is it weird AEW just doesn't put half of their roster on TV? This is how they can showcase talent. Pillman, uh, sorry, Sunny Kiss, AR Fox, Bandito, the list goes on. So are we kind of in agreement here, and I'll start with Haley, that this is collision is potentially an opportunity to showcase more of their talent or um, could we be stuck being pigeonholed to seeing the same talent twice, you know, twice a week or more than twice a week because of whatever booking is or isn't there? Uh, no, I definitely think that it's going to open uh, an opportunity for more stories and more talent to get on TV, especially the women. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think. Well, I, at least I hope that it's not going to be a continuation because that already kind of happens on Rampage anyway. So I hope Collision is just kind of its own like new thing and we just get like new stories. Kylie, what are we doing? Who are we who do we showcase on Collision? Or is this actually um are we gonna see some sort of, of split team draft? Not a draft, but you know what I mean? A split crew on Collision and Dynamite? How do you feel about this uh, this reporting about a split crew? I think it would be a good idea for AEW, maybe not a hard, you know, brand split, but maybe a soft one, just because there are a lot of people who don't get on Dynamite, and Dynamite is already a jam-packed show. It's paced so fast. And, you know, the only person who really gets to take their time nowadays is MJF, and he gets musical numbers and long promos and all these things. Um, But everybody else, it definitely does feel like, I would say in the last year, especially dynamite is very rushed trying to get everybody on their time, trying to keep up with stories. And a lot of people fall through the cracks. And I think the issue with dynamite is a lot of stories are introduced and then we forget about them for a few weeks and then they're brought back and then we forget about them. And then all of a sudden it's a Mm pay-per-view and the match is like on the pre-show. So 
I don't think a hard brand split would work for AEW just because the nature of the company and the pay-per-views and the stories that they choose to tell in their pay-per-view cycles. But I do think having a place where you could, if a story starts on Dynamite and finishes on Collision, I think that's fine. You could have exclusive stories on either brand. Um, But at the end of the day, if Collision doesn't showcase talent that have been sort of forgotten about on Dynamite, sort of the way Rampage doesn't do that, I think Collision is just going to follow the same path of Rampage. People aren't going to watch because it's Saturday. If I'm giving up my Saturday night for something, I want it to be different from what I'm getting on Wednesday. Jeremy, I'm still curious. I know we've talked about this potential brand split thing. And then Andrew Zarian earlier on the show was talking about how maybe it's not going to be so much that one crew stays on one show and one crew stays on the other. The idea that we move the crews around, which to me is a good idea. The reason why I'm a little nervous about the storytelling is whether or not we are going to keep up with these stories. I think that's something that as we kind of roll into our conversation about about Dynamite this week, um, catching up on stories that may have been dropped a couple of weeks ago isn't always AEW's strongest point. And on top of that, you know, there is a there seems to be this mentality that it's okay to have fan accounts tell the stories or pick up the stories for AEW, which again, going back to the the larger fan base, isn't exactly super duper helpful. Uh, I'm just, I'm curious, Jeremy, about your feelings towards doing a, uh, doing a, a brand split while telling stories or doing a, a show split, we'll call it while telling these stories and trying to keep up with those things. I think we're all missing the point here that AEW dynamite AEW Rampage and soon to be AEW Collision will all be connected just fine because it means more Jay Lethal on television and we will just keep things rolling that way. That's how it's all going to be connected, Joel. It's fine. It'll be good. Let's get into Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> Let's talk about what's actually going on on television here. Uh, so we had on Wednesday, Elite came out. They're ready to confront Blackpool. Then... <laughs> Wife just messages like, no, no more Jay Lethal. Um, uh, they come out. They're ready to confront Blackpool. Brian Danielson, the goat, is on the screen. He's like, you amateurs, we're not doing that. Blackpool attacks from behind. Danielson then makes his way to ringside. He's ready to gouge out Kenny Omega's eyes. Callus initially runs down, cowers away, comes back out with Takeshka. Takeshka comes out, makes the save, stands between Danielson and Omega. They run off Blackpool. Takeshka and Danielson do not touch. I think this is a very important beat of this story. They do not touch after kind of helping uh, Takeshka helping Danielson with the MJF stuff. Uh, Omega looking a little confused here with Takeshka coming out and saving. Where do we think all of this is going and what do you think of the segment on Wednesday, Kylie? I loved this and I had said on Tag Talk um, last Monday that I feel like AEW really needs to start making progress in their stories going into Double Nothing because it's like we get a beat down or a run in or something like that. But all of the storytelling is happening on being the elite, basically, especially with the story. So I really appreciated that we got some momentum, especially with Danielson and Takeshita. And I think it's really interesting that there's now sort of a divide between Kenny Omega and Don Callis because Kenny Omega was the only one who was still supporting Don Callis. I think the Young Bucks are basically Team Hangman because they had already made up with Hangman, especially Matt Jackson. And I think there's a lot of interesting ways they can go because thinking back in the elite lore, um, the spot Takeshita is in, sort of this infiltrator of the elite, 
Kota Ibushi and Cody are the two who have really taken that spot before, but in two drastically different positions. So I'm interested to see if they just push Takeshita along one of those paths. If Takeshita sides with Don Callis and, you know, is an, a spy on the inside, something along those lines. But ultimately, I think at the end, uh, Kenny Omega is going to find himself in a rough spot. He's not going to have Takeshita or Don or the Young Bucks, and it's going to be Hangman. And that's going to be how we do it. Because I think Kenny's not going to cross the bridge, but I think he would be more receptive to Hangman if Hangman was the one to cross that gap. So, Haley, what are your thoughts? <laughs> what are your thoughts, Haley? Uh, hmm. So, I'm kind of the opposite of Kylie because how I am kind of envisioning the story going is I think. Don is very snaky. First of all, I do not like uh, how he's approaching um, kind of Kenny and like this whole situation. Don't like it. Not a fan. Um, but I do think that uh, we may see Takeshita um, kind of siding with the BCC and then it's going to leave Kenny in kind of like a vulnerable position. And while Kylie thinks that it's going to be Hangman. I think that it's the perfect time to bring in Abushi and Abushi be the one to kind of bring Kenny back to the other side like he's done in the past. I love the idea of Don Callis turning to Kenny Omega and being like, look at this wonderful, beautiful man. He's young. <laughs> Good looking. Look at him. Take him. And then Kota Abushi being like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't even know where to go from this. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned you mentioned Abushi, and I think that that's a big theory is that this is going to lead to Abushi coming in, whether it just be for for this angle, whether it be something long term. Haley, you said now that you think this does lead to Abushi. Kylie, any any world where it's like okay, Abushi's coming in, whether it might be to oppose Kenny or whether it be to hey, don't trust this guy. I think it's possible. I think because Takeshita technically earned his spot in the Blackpool Combat Club a long time ago, like last summer, <laughs> like it's way overdue. So I think if it ends up in a situation where everybody is against Kenny, then you could bring in Abushi and you could do a Golden Lovers reunion. Um, but then we get in the territory where we're like rehashing Bullet Club stories. So it would have to be in a way, for me at least, that is different from the last Golden Lovers reunion. Um, I definitely think the Young Bucks and Hangman Page are going to be reunited and do something trios-wise down the line. Um, I just don't know where Ibushi fits if Takeshita isn't part of the Blackpool Combat Club. Like, I don't see how you bring Ibushi in and have him, like, all this infighting and it be Ibushi's fault. Because if Ibushi comes to AEW, I think fans are going to be excited and I think he's going to be unanimously cheered. And so... If he disrupts the elite, which is like the focal point of AEW TV and AEW storytelling right now, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. But I would like to see Abushi here, but at the, then at the same time, it's like he he's so crazy. I don't want him to get injured again. So like, if he could just come in and like pose and just like be in the <laughs> ring and just like let me take my pictures, then I'm fine. Is there? A match that this turns into is this. Does this turn into blood and guts, 
or does this turn into anarchy in the arena? Is it stadium stampede? What is the ideal blow-off match for BCC and the Elite? Uh, I'll start with Kylie on this. For the longest time, I thought it was blood and guts because the numbers just are too good and it's just there. But I really wouldn't be surprised, uh, given AW's history with blood and guts, if blood and guts becomes a stepping stone towards an anarchy in the arena or a different kind of new match type, something like that. Uh, Just because this feud is so complex and AW has wasted blood and guts on feuds that were like the JAS. So (laughs) I think if it blows off at blood and guts now, to me, it's a little anticlimactic. So I think you do have to have two or even three different matches. Do maybe like a best of three kind of thing. Uh, But I really do think that they would introduce something new. I think Anarchy in the Arena is John Moxley's domain, especially with his music last time. Blood and Guts is Blood and Guts. We don't want to bring that up. That's Eddie Kingston's domain. So they need something special here. Haley, I ask you the same question. Where does this where does this fit? Is this or or does Kylie have a point that maybe this is like we do all the matches and spread it across the next six to nine months? So for the longest time, I also thought that it was gonna be a blood and gut scenario. But now that Kylie has said that, <laughs> I think she's um changed my opinion on things a little bit. And you know, I mean we did get a best of seven. Why not do another best of series, you know? Why not? Hopefully not seven. Well, no, not seven. No. No more. Go ahead, Jeremy, and then we'll hit some super chats. I was going to say, what's like an elite gimmick match that they can do? I mean, this ladder match sort of fits the bill. They've done that. They won won that against the uh, Death Triangle. I think of what a wacky... They they got a lot of trick shot competition. They destroy... I don't... I don't know if anybody on uh, Blackpool. I think Claudio might be able to hoop. He might be able to hoop a little mm-hmm. bit, but otherwise they'd kill him. Uh, do a, some wacky ideas that the elite would would uh, could do here. Do a do a killing the business match where like it's <laughs> just a, a very weird, obscure uh, casket match, and then we won't talk about the one that just happened at the last pay per view because that one. Just- <laughs> Wasn't nearly as good as whatever we're about to come up with as the killing the business match. Let's get to these super chats. Jackie kicks us off saying, I'm a simple gal. I see Kylie and Haley and I super chat. Hello to Joel and Jeremy as well. Well, hello to you, Jackie. It's good to see you. And we appreciate the love. And then Diver Digital also adds in, uh, did any of you watch the Control Center episode prior to AEW Dynamite this week? The storytelling was insane, but it was on YouTube, so nobody saw it. So again, this kind of brings up the point that I was trying to make before, that the... There are other accounts trying to tell the stories and it's not necessarily on the TV because maybe they want to pack those two hours with brand new content and not did you see this content. Uh, the Control Center episodes are typically really good, but they're also typically not very high views. Um, Kaylee, Hailey, sorry, Haley, Kylie. This happened to me on Sunday too, by the way, with, with this happens. Uh, did either of you or do either of you watch the Control Center shows and do you find them helpful or is it just like this is 10 minutes thrown against the wall just setting up the evening? I'll let either one of you just take that. I don't watch them, uh, mainly because I always forget they're there. Like, there's no one on TV telling me that they're there, unless it's Tony Schiavone, like, under his breath, being like, watch AW Control Center. Um, 
I when I do watch them, I'm like, wow, that's really helpful. And I think there's a lot of talent on the control center and like these other preview shows that they do before pay-per-views and special events and things. Um, who they cut promos and I think there's a lot of people who should be getting more promo time on Dynamite or Rampage to tell these stories and they're just getting put on Control Center or the previews or whatever it is. But I don't go out of my way to watch them. Maybe I should. Maybe that's just on me. But to me, it doesn't feel like AEW thinks that Control Center is an important part of their programming. It's just like a bonus. But if I have to go to Control Center to get storytelling, then that's a problem to me. I should be able to watch Dynamite and Dynamite and Rampage, just those two shows, and get everything I need. Makes sense to me. Jeremy, what's going on? I mean, I, I agree. And say, I kind of had a similar question when it came to, to the, being the elites. So a lot of storytelling going on there. Not everybody watches mm-hmm. being the elite. and But it's very important to the actual story. And I don't know if everybody like enjoys that. Control Center, I don't watch Control Center. Uh, I, I just, I don't. I don't watch Dark and Elevation all the time, all the way through, unless there's a good match that I was like, oh, this stands out. And it seems like if you're going to use it as storytelling, you've got to put that stuff on television. The wife is messaging me and just says, what the hell is Control Center? Is this a bit? Is Control Center really a thing? And you're pretending it's real to troll me. <laughs> it's a real thing. Tony Schiavone posted it. Like, it's, it's a real thing. But yeah, not everybody watches it. And sometimes you just got to put these little segments on TV. There's good promos on Control mm-hmm. Center. Or Road 2. Road 2 has some really good promos. And some of that mm-hmm. stuff needs to be like on television to just help advance the story along. 30 seconds of TV is a lot, but it's not a lot when you're trying to advance a story. And that's that's almost something that's very um, very frustrating for me about AEW is that as much as I enjoy the matches, as much as I enjoy uh, some of the show, I could enjoy so much more of the show because I am more of a storytelling fan. I could enjoy it a lot more if I see those thirty seconds not on the YouTube show, but instead on the main the main show. So that's that's kind of where I stand with it. Um, I, I mean, the the stuff that's going on with 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 Blackpool Combat Club and the elites, the good news is you have all of these guys kind of getting into these feuds. At the same time, there's a lot of like creative getting sucked into this one feud. Is this, is this a good thing for AEW because you know, high tides raise all boats and all that stuff. Or is there a possibility that this kind of takes away from other stories that are being told in AEW? Uh, I, I will start with Haley and I get your thoughts on that. So I've talked about this on Tag Talk a little bit, um, and I do think that it is one of the bigger feuds, and, you know, a lot of fans are um, kind of being pulled into it. And But I do feel like, you know, there are things like uh, the House of Black being trios champions um, being one of those things that I feel like is kind of falling to the wayside um, as this is kind of going on. So I don't know how I feel about that, but I do think that there are some things that are kind of naturally just being neglected because of this big story. Kylie, same question. Yeah. And I think I agree about the house of black and especially FTR. I feel like even though they're on TV, I feel like they just haven't had anything that isn't Jeff Jarrett, which I'm still mad about. So I'm going to move on. (laughs) Um, But I also think there's parts about, 
the elite versus Blackpool Combat Club that are on being the elite that aren't on DV. So the story is even too big, apparently, for Dynamite, because on being the elite, especially in the last few weeks, Dark Order has been part of this story. Mm-hmm. Dark Order and Hangman Page. And they're not part of the story on TV. So uh, especially when it comes to like Silver Reynolds, like arguing with the Young Bucks, like that to me is an important part of the story. And that could lead to a good tag match for TV, just a good, you know, dynamite main event or what have you. And so the fact that we've spent so much time doing beat down angles with the elite and Black Bull Combat Club, where Don Callis is getting beat up for some reason. Um, and we don't have time to really address the fact that Dark Order and Hangman Page are still there. They're still like looming over the elite and the story. That's a problem. And um, I do think if you just watch Dynamite, the elite Blackpool Combat Club story is perfectly entertaining. I don't think you need to watch Being the Elite to get it. Um, but I don't know what is sucking up so much time that Jade and Taya, and Taya aren't getting you know enough TV. They're on Rampage and, and nobody watches Rampage. And, and, you know, I think the outcast story, the outcast versus the homegrown talent, that was suffering. But now I think the Jericho angle really helped them a lot. But the Ricky Starks stuff, like Ricky Starks has been suffering. So there has to be a balance here. And I don't I don't know the answer. There's a reason why I don't book wrestling. But I do think ultimately the show is just too jam packed. So maybe collision will be a, a bonus. I don't know. Jeremy. You have anything to add? No, I'm, if you want more of a insight into the elite, there's a there's a name for everybody that they can they can steal from me. Uh, you watch Tag Talk Mondays, 3 p.m. Eastern with Haley and Kylie, and go ahead and get get the individual plugs out there as well. Thank you both for for joining the show today. Uh, Haley, go ahead. Uh, you know I'm horrible at this whole plug thing. But <laughs> whatever. Uh, you know you guys can follow me on Twitter at. Alien underscore. I'm on the wrong side. I don't like this. It's like tag talk when I'm on Kylie's side and she's on my side. There you go. Oh, there you oh, go. Now it feels me a half hour to do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you guys can follow me on Twitter at Haley underscore. Uh, you know, I also do the writing thing. I have a sub stack. You guys can check out. It's free to subscribe. It's called The Wrestling Muse. I have some pieces that I'm working on for that. Uh, I'm also working on an independent wrestling cookbook with some awesome people. Um, it's called Eating the Indies. I don't know if it's going to have like a wide release yet. Um, we did like a Kickstarter and stuff. So if that happens, I'll let you guys know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Hold up. Do you have, yeah. Is, is there a favorite recipe in there? Ooh, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Uh, Casey Kirk, uh, she has these, um, like buffalo, uh, chicken egg rolls, and they sound really good. Uh, let's see. Billy Starks. Billy Starks has a good recipe. Uh, there's a lot of really good recipes in the book. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm gonna get a couple copies, so if you guys want, if you guys want a copy, I'll mail you. Hey, yeah. do you, I, yes. I always need an excuse to make good food. So, <laughs> do you do you have the bussy biscuits? I know that's a, that's a thing. Uh, we don't. We do. Uh, we do have Effie signed on for a recipe. I don't know if I can talk about that uh, completely, but we do have Effie. Uh, I don't know what the recipe is, but you know, 
I hope it's Busted no, Biscuits. Do you have Alley Catch? Formula. <laughs> the secret formula. Do you have Alley Catch making mimosas? I hear she makes a great mimosa. I wish we don't. We don't have Alley, but I wish we did. And now I want this mimosa recipe. There you go. So shoot her a message. She'd be like, hey, heard you do a great mimosa. Let's yeah. let's let's talk about this. So, Kylie, where everybody? Where can everybody find you at? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. Um, I post like everything I'm doing on Twitter and I live tweet and do things like that. Uh, and like Jeremy said, Tag Talk is live every Monday at three on Fightful Overbook. That's me and Haley. And we probably have a lot to talk about with the elite. So make sure you tune into that next Monday. And I think that's all my plugs. Haley's Thank a lot you. more busy than I am. <laughs> Thank you both. Uh, oh, Sean says you should get Marty DeRosa to do a farty mimosa. Classing the place up with, with Sean. Like that yeah. went over about as well as your Black Label Pro run in, Sean. <laughs> Got him. Thank you. Thank you, Haley and Kylie, for joining. Everybody watch Tag Talk right here on the channel. Fightful Overbooked, 3 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. Thank you, ladies. We will talk to you. We'll catch you on Tag Talk. Bye. Bye, girls. Catch Tag Talk. They're they're delightful. It's the best. It's the I best. really enjoy that show. When I get a chance to listen to it, even if I'm listening on the audio form afterwards, it's still good. You know how I keep my plugs together, Jeremy? This is how I do it. I got a, I got a, uh, a sticky note, and I Why? just keep it on my desk because inevitably someone's going to ask, you know, to plug your stuff on a show. So for me, this is to anyone who's ever doing any content out there. That's you, that's what oh. you got to do. I. Victorious tonight. Oh no! Team action! What in the world? DDT! Who is that? Someone has attacked Shazza McKen- What? It's Sean Ross Sapp! Shot from Fightful attacking Shazza McKenzie! I know they've had words on social media heading into the squared circle. Am I gonna have to contact BLP and be like, please don't demonetize our video now? <laughs> he. He comes on and he comes to the backstage area and you just see not SRS and then he just plays that video and leaves. That's it. Seems bad that we that we allow this. <laughs> oh man. He lost the O on that jersey, by the way. Yeah, because I, I mentioned it uh when he popped on the show earlier this week. The fanatics. Fanatics is awful when it comes to to merchandise i was like yeah that's probably why it's so wrong because it's a fanatics jersey and those are they don't do good work they do not yeah fanatics sucks it's terrible there's a reason why i'm not buying much anything sports memorabilia these days i I got got super jerseys yeah same same i don't buy like many jerseys at all like the jerseys that i have are probably just the jerseys that are i'm always gonna have i got super lucky with the my 2022 Stanley Cup champion gear, like everything came out good. My shirt and my hat came out good from there. I, I maybe I should look at it a little bit closer, and maybe something's wrong. But yeah, they their jerseys are just bad. They're terrible. So we have a lot of time now until Josh Bishop joins us at noon to talk about his match at AIW with Matt Cardona, and uh, I, I want to keep talking about AEW. I want to keep talking about Dynamite. Um, I kind of mentioned to you that. I, I definitely want to touch on the uh, the TNT title debacle because holy hell, yes, at noon. Uh, probably shouldn't have told Sean that it's happening at noon. That so 
Wardlow is the new TNT champion. Wardlow, who was the new TNT champion, and then lost it for two weeks to Powerhouse Hobbs in a new partnership with QT Marshall, setting up QT TV, QTV, where he wasn't even a part of it after week number one on, you know, the video, goes out, has a match, a rematch with Wardlow. Wardlow, who came back last week to Dynamite, he wins the match. Wardlow is the, once again, AEW TNT champion. Uh, this championship was really good for a long time, and now it has become the, how do I put this kindly? It has become the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships wow. of AEW, in that it is the hot potato title, Jeremy Lambert. It is not booked well. It is booked confusingly. And every time someone says we're back to square one, I feel like they just figure out a way to make square one something completely different and utterly insane. What are we doing in the TNT title reign? Because this was, at one time, a like stepping stone title to the AEW World Championship. Now we're nowhere. The International Championship is considered a more prestigious title and it's getting almost weekly defenses by orange Cassidy in matches that are very highly regarded because he gets to, first of all, orange Cassidy is great wrestler. And also he gets to work with people who are also equally great wrestlers and they put on good matches. What the hell's going on? Jeremy Lambert. I think there's two political hits taking place here. The first one is TBS, the home of AEW dynamite is not happy that the TNT title is being defended on their program. And so TBS, whoever's running TBS, who is completely separate from TNT, they are like, no, we need to devalue this TNT title because we don't want this on our on our programming. Where's our TBS title? You know, Jay and Taya have been doing stuff it's on, on Rampage. <laughs> yeah. They're, I mean, their match is taking place on Dynamite next week. So hopefully they got a video package to like really catch, catch everybody up on that. But TBS is trying to devalue the TNT title. That's the first political hit. The second political hit is that TNT, the TNT title was the Cody Rhodes title. And AEW is trying to devalue the title that Cody Rhodes so helped establish. That's the second political hit going on here. In all, in all honesty... It seems like every single time they put the belt on someone new, whether it was Wardlow's previous run and then Samoa Joe and then Hobbs and then Wardlow and then Hobbs and then Wardlow and then Hobbs and Wardlow again. I've lost track of just all the different title changes. Basically, since like Sammy won that ladder match over a year ago over Cody in Cody's last AEW match, it hasn't felt all that special. It hasn't felt all that big. I don't remember anything from Sammy's run, anything like that. I mean, Scorpio Sky got the title for a little bit. That happened, right? Um, and then and Sammy got it back. It, it seemed like, oh, Wardlow's going to get it after he got it from from Scorpio Sky. That's a, That actually is the, the uh, lineage of the title. It seemed like, oh, Wardlow's got it. This is going to be great. And then it wasn't. And Wardlow talks about, I want to do the open challenge. I want to do the open challenge type thing. And then they never really took off with that. And then again, Joe, Hobbs, Wardlow again. It just... just They've never found a foothold with it. And it seems like the only idea people like have with the title is like, I want to do an open challenge with the title. But now the international title has kind of replaced that of like, hey, let's just do cool matches with Orange Cassidy. There's not always story with, with these Orange Cassidy matches. It's just like, hey, Orange Cassidy is just going to face this awesome guy on this show. And so you can only do but so many open challenge type things. 
I'm sure Wardlow's going to do interviews where he's like, I want to bring the prestige back to the TNT title and I want to do the open challenges again. I want to make it mean something again. And look, I'm sure he does. Does that mean it's going to happen? I don't, I don't know because they need to actually put some story behind the title instead of just, like you said, Hapate doing it the whole time. Arn Anderson is now in the mix. I think that does help Wardlow. I think Arn is a valuable piece to kind of the Wardlow character and trying to further him along because they, they lost the winning streak. Once they lost that, it's like, all right, well, you can't do, obviously that's part, that's no longer part of his gimmick anymore. I think Arn is a very credible mouthpiece for him. And I don't even think Wardlow's a bad talker. I just think that they don't show Wardlow how, like we see Wardlow in, in interviews, right? Like you've interviewed Wardlow, comes across yeah. very well. Yeah, I was going to say, like, my conversation with Wardlow was delightful. I didn't know what to expect because I was just like, I know you from TV. I've seen a couple of interviews and been like, yeah, okay, I, I kind of get it. But, like, we had a really nice chat. And on and off camera, he is just a really good, nice, smart dude who could really, like, please you. and be like very, he, he speaks very, very well. He's very eloquent. And he just... He's he's a very uh very nice guy and a very pleasing dude. He this time please the, please the ward hose. He does. Please in the ward hose. I'm glad you went there. Yeah. He's a good looking guy, so clearly there is some sort of uh he, he you know what he could please me if he really wanted to. I wouldn't see this. Yeah, it's fine. What? Uh, I don't know. Listen, we're off the rails here. We do. How would you like Wardlow to please you, Joel Pearl? Financially. Oh, all right. That's a cop out answer. Listen, we're in the weeds here. So <laughs> I love the people in the chat. Yeah. Joe wants to have sex with him. Someone's gonna clip this it's game over. Uh okay. So here's here's what I want to do with the TNT championship, Jeremy. I want to make it the meaty men championship. You're on the right path. You got Wardlow, you got Powerhouse Hobbs. Let's add in Brody King. Let's add in the butcher. Uh shit. Let's have Dax challenge just one week there are there are some meaty men who could be like even billy gunn who is just deceptively large would look good going for that title. evil uno i'm just going through the roster page evil uno is a good idea uh jake hager could have a mat like there are josh woods for christ's sake is another one this could be the meaty championship of AEW. keith lee you want to give keith lee something to do there's your guy you know, Luchasaurus is up next, according to what we saw after uh, after the big win. Is another big tall. Meaty you're missing. Man. You're missing. You're missing the biggest, meatiest man of them all. Luther. Pearl? I Luther. mean, well, no, the the meat man, John Silver, John right. Silver, in there with these guys. You know what? Great. You know what though? That would be funny because not just funny, but entertaining because A, John Silver is a great wrestler. And two, he is he's a big meaty dude, but he's not nearly as tall as everyone I'm talking about. So he will be the guy that like everyone undercuts until he has a very serviceable match or a great match that gets him over. And maybe he doesn't win, but at least he looks good in the defeats. Mark Henry could do it too. Miro, you bring back Miro. Nick Camarado, for Christ's sake. Love Nick Camarado. They do got a lot of meaty boys. Where's a go-go, Ben? He's, he, could, he could step in there. 
you know what? Like, Joe, have him lose the uh, the, the title, come, uh, the world uh, TV title in, in ROH. Have him come back for that TNT title. Just don't give it to him again because he'll just drop it a week later anyway. But the point I'm really sad and I'm saying for Christ's sake, I'm going to stop looking at the, the roster page. Point is, there is so much. There's so much potential. So but much meat. There's so there really is. There's a lot more than I thought there would be. That like I'm really just I'm working myself into a shoot because this could work. This could be the meaty title. Make this the meaty title. Make it like the TNT title sponsored by Hardee's or <laughs> Carl's Jr. No Arby's, you idiots. <laughs> they have the meats. It's literally in the tagline. It's Arby's. Good point. Waffle right House. There. <laughs> Waffle House. <laughs> anyway, they have the meats. They do have the meat. So you know, the, the, what's, your this, favorite, what's your favorite kind of meat, Chauffeur? Uh, I, I am a I'm a big fan of turkey. Really, turkey? I do like turkey. I like a good chicken breast, a well seasoned one, or even a chicken thigh. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I like chicken. Big fan of chicken. Big fan of chicken. With with the the steamed chicken and the steamed broccoli. With some I, like, rice. I like fried chicken. Fried chicken? Yeah. Maybe I'll get some after the show. Good you want to get some fried chicken. chicken after the show? Yeah, let's go get some fried chicken after the show. Sounds good. Just uh, It's just like a $500 return flight. I'm sure you can make it in time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we think of the, the TNT title actually being on TNT when Collision starts? We, we discussed it a little bit last week, but we don't know what they're going to do with a world title, if uh, the champion's going to be floating, if they're going to create another world title. Like, putting the TNT title on Collision, I, it, Wardlow seems to have a good relationship with Punk, if Collision's going to be the, the Punk show. Hobbs, we know, has a good relationship with Punk. Like, So you put the TNT title on Collision, and you really establish that as the top title on that show. So I'm much more married to the idea of having um, these the the a the a team and the a one team splitting just appearances and not shows. Okay. Now that we started talking about it, I think that makes a lot more sense, especially the way that they tape things. If you're taping Rampage after Dynamite, well, then your Collision Stars are never going to be on on Dynam uh, on Rampage, I should say. So, and then what's going to, what's going to come after collision? You're going to tape ring of honor. You're going to tape dark elevation, like whatever it is, there's like, you need to find a way to make sure that you still shuffle these shows around and, and who's on these shows. I just think it's going to be different teams, kind of like WWF house shows back in the day, you know, but different, different expectations because you'd have punk on one, you'd have the elite on the other. You basically have your anchor teams doing the shows, but they would change from week to week. And it would also kind of keep things fresh because if I'm going to see Punk on on Collision all the time, well, well, maybe I just don't want to watch Punk on Collision. Maybe I want to watch Dynamite. Maybe I want to see Punk on Dynamite. You put him on Dynamite one week, and then the Elite go to Collision. Like I think it's more of a travel thing than it is a, a split brand thing. So what do is you do? That- Sorry, I was going to say, what do you do with the titles? You you still float them because at that point, it's just about who's working on whose team. Is that going to mess things up for for like? fans though of like oh i'm used to turning into saturdays to cc and plug oh now i gotta watch wednesdays and not only like the the television fans but the the fans who like want to buy tickets to this stuff if i'm you know if i'm buying tickets in advance and i'm buying say saturday uh oh collision's coming to my town yeah that's what i want to go see i want to go see collision because i think cm punk is going to be on that show 
but then it's it's not. That's an elite week or something. Like, is that going to mess things up for fans? Because I assume in the advertising that, you know, they do the poster with 500 wrestlers on the posters. Uh, they do the posters, I assume, based on whatever the poster is, like, oh, okay, you know what you're getting this week. Typically, they like to stick to whoever they put on the poster, that's who they're going to be advertised. Um, But is that going to mess things up for fans? If you think, Oh, I'm going to get this. Cause when you buy like dynamite tickets, you don't necessarily know who's going to show up week to week. You don't know sort of what matches you're going to get week to week. WWE, you know, for the most part, who you're getting every single week. Maybe you get lucky with a Roman appearance or a Brock appearance or something. But if you're going to raw, you generally know who you're getting when you're going to raw, you buy a ticket to dynamite, four weeks out it's like you don't know what you're gonna get on that show and that's the thing right this is wwe has been doing this for several several years now that it's not about the wrestlers you're gonna see it's about the brand you're gonna watch and for better or worse you know people have their favorites but at the end of the day you're going because you're gonna see live raw or live smackdown or whatever show you're going to see you're going to see a wwe show and that's big enough uh the the TV thing doesn't bother me as much because, you know, I can turn off my TV or watch something else. You know, you can fade in and out. But going to the show, there is more time investment. There is more financial investment. There are expectations there. Uh, that being said, some people, yeah, you're going to have to take the, the, the gamble. And just because uh, I feel like if they announce it so far in advance that they say like, oh, CM Punk will be on this week's collision and the Elite will be on next week's, whatever it is. Um, Tony would just have to write around it. And, and that's not a huge deal when you think about telling stories on multiple a level shows, you can still do that. So for me, it's less, it becomes less about who we're trying to satisfy in the, in the audience. It becomes more about trying to satisfy a larger television audience that wants to see good wrestling and good storytelling week to week and making the connections week to week. Because like I said, something that isn't always very well done on dynamite is connecting those stories or catching you up from week to week. Um, as frustrating as WWE can be hitting us over the head with recap packages, they're still very effective. I have friends who can just drop in pay-per-view to pay-per-view having seen the the build, the, the promo package and be like, Oh, okay, I get it. This is the gist of the story. There's little things here and there that like, are additional crumbs in a storyline. But if you understand what the gist of it is, uh, then you're good. And AEW, I would love them to focus more on, on those, on, on getting those stories told week to week and catching new viewers up. I don't think it should be okay to say like, Oh, Warner's really happy with 830,000 viewers on a Friday, on a Wednesday night show. So we move on. It should always be we're pushing for a better product to bring more people in, to welcome more people into the tent and make them feel like they can be a part of this program without having to commit, you know, extra, extra, extra hours watching the shoulder content, watching BTE, watching Control Center, watching all this extra stuff, going on Twitter, trying to find someone who's like recapping all of this stuff for me. Your community should grow. It shouldn't say stagnant. And that's kind of where my my general issue with AEW is. I love a lot of what I watch on the program, but I also dislike a lot of the ways that they're trying to tell stories on the program as well. One complaint a lot of people have had with, with AEW is they don't have like show long threads. It's like this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, and that's it. And then next week, maybe you see a recap, 
maybe you don't, but it, it's not always connected to each other. I thought one thing they did well on this past Wednesday was that show long thread, and we'll get into into this now, of the pillars. Because you get the interrupting promo to start everything um, with Darby, Sammy, and Jungle Boy, Jack Perry coming out. And then MJF comes out and he announces the the Pillars tournament. And he's like, oh, you know what? But t- tonight is when this match is going to happen. You're going to get Sammy and Jungle Boy tonight. Darby Allen gets gets his gets his bye. You see the backstage segment with MJF and Sammy. There was a show-long thread with the Pillars. What did what'd you think of this entire thread and how they've set everything up with them? That is what I like. Give me a show thread and I will follow it till the end of the show. I will enjoy that. I did Day After Dynamite with Will Washington a few weeks ago and they had done the same thing with the entire BCC Elite story. And that's when the Young Bucks have been taken out. And I, and I made the joke at the end of the, uh, the episode or the end of Day After Dynamite. I said, this is the best episode of AEW Nitro I have ever watched. And then I had a bunch of people in the chat being like, oh, don't hate AEW. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Nitro was lauded as like, great storytelling in the mid to late 90s and then it all went downhill and you and i talked about that you know nitro in uh in in 99 when the refreshes happened and all the garbage we talked about that on newsworthy the, the other show we did uh here on overbooked and if you can tell a captivating story that goes from beginning of the show to the end and continues to catch me up with it at the cross hour i'm going to stay invested you just need to Give me something to latch on to. I know that if I'm tuning in at 9 o'clock, I'm going to get caught up at what happened at 8 o'clock. If I'm tuning in at 9.45 for the main event, and the main event has implications based on what I saw earlier in the night, then I want to be told about that. I want to be caught up on that. I'm not always paying attention to, to commentary. Sometimes I'm working on other things or I'm doing other things while I'm watching, but I still want to be caught up visually, not just orally, A-U-R-A-L-L-Y. But I like that they're taking that approach to, to tell a story within the show itself. Okay. Now, what did you think of the Pillars story? I don't love the story, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, but, again, but here's the thing. I, 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 I like the thread. I don't give a shit about these wrestlers right now because all they're doing is, is bitching at each other. And telling each other, oh, you suck, even though you're a pillar of this company. I deserve the title shot. I deserve the title shot. You all came out at the beginning of this whole thing and confronted MJF and said, we want a title shot. By the way, best like beat for beat. You guys hit it on the nose when you all said it at the same time. I love that. Uh, and and then MJF, I, I said this. And again, this isn't me working myself into a shoot over. Like, they didn't take my booking idea. But the simplest booking was... MJF coming out this week and saying, we're going to do a Pillars tournament. And I was like, perfect. They're all going to face each other and the most amount of wins wins. Well, no, instead it's going to be a different outcome altogether. The winner gets double or nothing. But like, we're all expecting this to turn into a four-way. It started as the four of them. Every single segment or some sort of interaction has included the four of them. To not do a four-way would just be asinine it would not make sense so why are you trying to honey dick us into saying it's going to be a one-on-one match on the pay-per-view when clearly you're going to do the four-way so why not tell the story that the 
four or the four of us, but have take out MJF and put in a surrogate. And I said it was going to be Sean Spears and everyone's just going to be Sean Spears, but clearly that's not what we're doing. But the point is you put someone in, in place of MJF and then everyone beats that guy. Anyway, everyone gets a point at the end of the, the, the tournament, which would have been four to five weeks instead of two to three uh, at the end of the tournament, everyone's tied up. And Tony Khan's just like, well, nothing I can do here. I guess it's going to be a four way because Max, you're a piece of shit. And then that's it. I starting the show off this week with jungle boy on a promo. Ain't great, Jeremy. And I here Okay. I said this on the impact show last night. Jody threat had a small backstage segment. I read the chat and I left, uh, had a small backstage segment where, some, she came to the save of somebody, and then the, the segment was poorly acted. You know, no other way to say it. Love Jody Threat as a wrestler. Jody Threat is a young up and comer who has her first television contract. Her first on camera talking experience is going to suck. Jack Perry, similar situation. Young guy, great wrestler, learning how to speak on his own in front of thousands of people in an arena. And many more at home. He's getting it. But that segment to open the show, I wouldn't anchor with with Jungle Boy. You could have done it with literally any other of the four guys. I would have done it differently. I would have started with, with you could start with Darby again, but then he's just rehashing everything he's talking about. Sammy as he, people aren't really into Sammy as much. They're just kind of like, why is he here? Get him off my TV. But he's slowly going to come around to people as we get closer to the match. I just don't know why we're wasting this much time to get to the pay-per-view and telling a story that's a very roundabout answer of a four-way. I think when it came to the segment, none of them looked great. And like, I want to cheer for this person because Jungle Boy and Darby are just complaining about each other. Like, you know, I actually like Sammy the best out of out of all of these people. It's like, wait, this is supposed to be the most hated person. Why do we like him the best out of this? A... They're trying to do the mixed work shoot kind of stuff. And in doing so, like you're, you're undercutting some of, some of the baby face part of it. And there just isn't, there isn't that like pure sort of baby face in, in this world that, especially with the pillars that it's like, this is what I want to, it, sh- it should have been Jack Perry. They, they tried to get a little bit of darkness to him with the Christian stuff. Oh, he had to go to that place and everything. Like, like fine, bring out that aggressiveness and stuff when it needs to be. But Jack Perry should be, for the most part, a pretty pure babyface. Does good, only needs to go at somebody like, like Christian, who has like really wronged him and everything. Darby Allen hasn't really done anything wrong to Jack Perry. He doesn't like him. It's like, oh, you're moody and you alienate people and everything. Like, do we need to bring this stuff up? Does, does this serve anybody? I didn't think it make I didn't think it make Jack Perry look good when that should probably be your pure baby face out of this. Darby, I get it. He's, he's staying light, uh, as people w- want to say. I think he offers more than just sitting up in in the rafters and things like that. I think Darby, honestly, he might be the best promo out of the the three of them. Um, so I get if he is a little like trying to take shots and trying to. Uh, trying to work shoot some stuff. Sammy, he's the heel. He can kind of get away with everything. And MJF is MJF. I don't find really any of these people all that likable after this promo. And that's an issue that I have. And on top of it, you know, Rudy Tootie worky shooty works, but it has very diminishing returns. And we're about to experience those 
when CM Punk comes back. Because guess what? We're about to do Rudy Tootie Worky Shooty with CM Punk and probably Chris Jericho. Certainly the elite when we get to that, if we get to that point and things do blow over, as people have mentioned it ha- possibly happening. Uh, it was it was sexy when it happened. It kept people talking when it happened. But unfortunately, it is not sustainable because what happens when things blow up? You lose the person for eight months, injured or not, but you lose them for eight months and then your ratings go with it. And then nobody wants to talk about what's going on elsewhere because everyone's so enamored with what's going on backstage. That's not what's happening here with, with the four pillars. No one's, no one's poised to like lose their shit and talk about it in a post-show press scrum the same way. But the point is here, like you're saying, Jeremy, nobody, nobody's likable. Nobody's lovable. Nobody's believable here. And, you know, Ryan in the chat saying that he thinks Sammy delivered the best promo. Yeah. Out of the three of them, I think Sammy Sammy Guevara was probably the best spoken of of the pillars. And then Max is doing this thing with Sammy now with the the blank check, and I thought that was cute, but like it didn't go anywhere either. Other than like he helped him win a match, uh, and, and is that going to be that's where what wins? Well, you, but, yeah, but is that going to turn into him doing that every time Sammy has a match? And then TK steps in and is just like. What are you doing? Like, you keep getting involved in this match. You keep causing this distraction. I'm just going to make it a match for the four of you because clearly you have a favorite in Sammy Guevara, and that's the only one you want to face. Well, you're going to get all of them because in the interest of impartiality, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I think that is where it's going. I actually like the the story. I The round-robin tournament thing, like, I get it, but I don't need – the, they're beating each other anyway, but I like that there is a, a story to it of, okay, so MJF offers Sammy the money and the offer is, here's your blank check. I'll guarantee you a spot in this main event. All you got to do is lay down. It kind of shows that Sammy does not care about the title as much as he cares about this money because he's saying he's going to lay down. But Sammy could be, you know, dickish if he takes the money, he cashes that check, he gets his spot in the main event and he still just competes in the main event. I don't think they're doing Sammy Guevara MJF singles match in the main event. Uh, that would certainly be a choice if that's where they decided to go with that. No, but MJF cost Jungle Boy the match. He he was about to get back in the ring. He had hit with the, got hit with the diamond ring and then laid out, counted out. I imagine next week MJF cost Darby Allen the match in in some shape of form there. And then, you know, MJF and Sammy celebrate once again to go off the air next week. And the following week, we get the grievances of, you know, what are you doing interfering in this business? You didn't want a fair tournament. Uh, You know, are you afraid to face us? Whatever they got to say to say. And then it sets up of like Sammy Guevara didn't actually beat them to earn this spot. He just handed this like he was handed Chris Jericho and a spot in the inner circle and and things like that. So that's how it gets set up to to the four way. I don't mind this. Like, I, I like that there is a story involved of this because MJF is a despicable person of like, I don't actually want to wrestle. You know, MJF doesn't want to wrestle anybody. Uh, MJF is just like, you know, I'll just pay it off. I'll pay to just keep my title. And, and there is a old story with him and Sammy. It was references a little bit when it came to inner circle stuff. Um, so, you know what? Actually, Sammy and MJF, great main event. There's a lot of history there between those two do a singles match between them so mjf trying to pay people off just yeah you get your guaranteed main event spot i get to keep my title let's move on i don't have to face darby i don't have to face jungle boy i can just move on 
Jungle Boy gets screwed over, gets some sympathy there. Darby Allen gets screwed over, gets some sympathy there. Sammy is the one where it's like, okay, well, why, why don't you just want to earn your title shot instead of taking the money? But as I just said, take the money, get the, get the spot, and then just don't lay down. Like you just don't have to lay down. And that could be the thinking when it come, comes to Sammy Guevara. I don't think it's actually going to get to that point. But logically, if you want to think about it, that is one way to think about it. I actually like this. So you want a, like you wanted like a, a G1 of Sammy faces Darby, Darby faces Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy faces Sammy, and then whoever. But then they all, it's just 1 1. Everybody's just 1 1. And then they just all get the match. So here's, here's what I'm getting at. Um, and by the way, this is this is actually something that I like about the build is the fact that they, before all this kind of got together, they started putting the three members, the three pillars that are not MJF. So, uh, sorry, Jungle Boy, uh, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. They started putting them in like statement matches. You started yeah. giving them statement wins, which were really well needed. And I appreciated that because it really does get them a little bit more elevated. Uh, the reason why I thought this tournament would work or some sort of thing is because it's just Max being like, yeah, go beat each other up for a title shot. Go beat the shit out of each other until you're of no more use to each other. And then I'm just going to pick the bones at the pay-per-view. Because again, MJF is a despicable human being and he is going to use whatever clout he has, whatever power he has to get these men to fight for a title shot. That's where I was. Um, on top of this, the... The idea, uh, sorry, the idea here of doing a four-way, is that enough for a pay-per-view main event? Or are we going to do Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite or whatever that thing is as it's starting to develop? Is that the main event for Double or Nothing? I don't think that many events, but it's definitely on the show as a a booster because the the four-way... Like to the the hardcore AEW audience, the pillars and everything. Like this sounds this sounds great in in theory, right? Oh, the pillars. We these are the the guys who first established the company. These are the guys we had all the high hopes for and stuff. In reality, yes, MJF is the champion. Jungle Boy was in a very long program tied to Christian and everything. He's a former tag team champion. The the Christian stuff it, it lost a little bit of steam one when he just lost that match in 30 seconds because Luchasaurus turned on him and he got his revenge and everything. But that, that dragged for a little while with, with jungle boy. And he just hasn't really been presented as that like elevated guy. Uh, Sammy has always been in that spot a little bit with Jericho and he's been the TNT champion, but for the most part, one people just don't like Sammy Two, his TNT title reign is not fondly remembered and is actually remembered for more bad been good because it almost was like the downfall of everything so that's what would hurt sammy darby has definitely been up there and presented as one of the top guys especially the tnt title but i do think he'd cooled a little bit uh coming off the the last tnt title run where, where joe beat him and everything and then he was just like off television for a little while it just wasn't doing a whole lot he was involved in the stuff with sting which was good um but other, he just wasn't he just wasn't present every single week I just don't know if those guys are seen as on the level of like a Danielson, a Moxley, an Omega, like uh, the Young Bucks. I don't think they're quite on that level and they haven't been presented on that level for the majority 
of of their AEW run, and so that's why the pillars thing just doesn't see doesn't scream to me of like this is a must see match that is super meaningful in the history of AEW. That's why I do think you need the elite against the Blackpool Combat Club on that pay per view as well as a, a very strong sweetener. Is I see it in a similar vein of Adam Cole and, and Hang and Hangman when when they headlined uh, Revolution last year. It's like yeah, it's a good match. Like I understand why, why you're going for it. I, I will always complain that Adam Cole should not have. I know it didn't count in the rankings that no longer exist. But the match against Orange Cassidy, the Lights Out match, like we saw Adam Cole get penned, and then he's immediately moving into a title shot. Didn't like that. It, it, it was tough for me to like fully take uh, Adam Cole serious in that. Like that, that was a good match, but it didn't feel like the pay per view main event. What do we put under that? Oh, we got the dog collar match between CM Punk and MJF. This feels like a big time match. I think there's way more heat on the Blackpool and Elite stuff than there is on the Pillar stuff right now. But as a as a unit, it, it's a strong it's a strong one two punch. So there's a month left to tell the story of the Pillars coming after MJF. How do we do it beyond wrestling? Because matches are great. Matches are nice. Having a good match is nice. But like for those of us who are all about the talky talk or want to see the story progress with words and actions, what, what do we do? Where does it go? How do we make it sexy? How do we build it to the point where like, you may want to see BCC versus the elites, but like where, where do we make it so that I want to see the world title match be the main event and deserve the main event slot at double sting. More sting is what you need. And wrong. I'm like, I'm like partially joking, partially not. But the, the legitimate thing is like you add sting to this and you can get some real heat on, on MJF, some, some extra heat. MJF is already like, he, he's got, he's got plenty of heat. You can get some, some, extra heat on that and extra sympathy for Darby. If MJF just maims sting and like really takes him out of things. And then you really get the fans even more behind Darby Allen. And I think that's the guy who they're, they're probably looking, they're probably looking at more than anybody else. Sammy's a heel. Like he can just keep doing disgusting, despicable acts. I, if you want to, the heat's always going to be on MJF, right? Like that's just that's just what it is. If you really want to to continue that, you take them out on Sting. You uh you take you have MJF take out Sting. Go after Ty. Go go after Anna. Like he can just be continue to be the most disgusting, despicable person in the world, and then they have even more reason to like. All right, we want the title and stuff, but now this man is just going after you know significant others, people who are father figures. Like now we're really trying to like beat this man's ass. And it's more than just a pro wrestling thing of we want the title and you've been handed everything. You've been given all these opportunities in 20 minutes of mic time and we haven't. I feel like it's very difficult to introduce Anna Jay to this story because she's a tag team and friends with Ty Conchi. She is a heel. Jungle Boy is definitely not. You'd have to turn Anna Jay and then introduce her. But she's... She's kind of turning because, like, our House of Black heels or baby faces, like, they, they're not the, the best people in the world. And Anna Jay, yeah, but Anna Jay's feuding with Julia Hart. Like, I, I'm with you on the, there's very blurred lines with Anna Jay right now. She's been brought up in promos. I mean, she's been brought up in promos in reference to Jungle Boy. We know Ty and Sammy are are uh, together and they're married. Uh, 
we know they're married and everything. So are people going to boo him going after Ty Conti? I think Ty Conti is likable when she's not with Sammy Guevara all the time. I think people do want to cheer. I mean, they, they said that on, on all access, right? Like Ty was getting good baby face reactions. Like, Oh, well now I'm aligned with Sammy because I'm with Sammy. Now Ty's a, a big time heel and everything. I agree with you that it could be tough to introduce them into this in that way, but they've already blurred the line so much with this. And there isn't that pure person in, in this feud. And so why not just go after a significant other to give a little bit of baby face shine to, especially to, to Perry and, and Darby. Yeah, it could happen. I just want to see them clearly define Anna J if you're going to introduce her as part of this main event story. Um, Britt Baker was just introduced somehow into the Jericho, the JAS story, having the outsiders kind of team up. That's And the reason why I bring this up is actually twofold. One, uh, it shows that the, the couples, because Britt is slowly become a heel, or sorry, slowly become a face over the last few weeks uh, with Jamie Hayter against the outsiders. Um, but also, if the outsiders start working closer with, the Jericho Appreciation Society, well, then the two women who are associated with Jericho Appreciation Society can kind of sneakily move out of it and probably not be uh, noticed as much because the star power and just the alignment can can shift in that way. And I think that would work uh, pretty well if you wanted to bring Ty and Anna Jay into the, the larger main event scene. Yeah, because Anna Jay is not an original. So, or not an outcast, sorry. Uh, she's not an outcast. So it wouldn't, be, she wouldn't be part of that outcast stable with with them. Uh, Ty, I, I wouldn't really consider her an outcast too. She could she could technically you know fit in that group because she did come from NXT. So if they did align with her, I, I could see that. I could see how it works. Uh, but they don't feel. I understand like they are part of the Jericho Appreciation Society, but they feel very disconnected from that and that that's maybe another issue with, with AEW is like they do feel just disconnected from that group we have a lot a lot of groups in AEW and they don't always feel connected at all times and I think that's an issue when you do these groups like if you're going to do them have the connection there with them and it just it hasn't always been there Ty and Anna certainly don't feel like it's part of the Jericho because Anna's just like cut promos on her own now you know fat ass bad attitude and just She's feuding with Julia Hart, House of Black. Don't don't scream baby face to me. So it, there's a lot of disconnected stuff when it comes to that. But you're right in that, okay, Jericho has now chosen the outcast, and you can just quietly continue to move Anna and, and Ty just away from that. It's a little bit tougher with Ty because Sammy is still part of it. But even Sammy feels disconnected from the Jericho stuff because he's doing his own thing right now. Yeah, I was about to say, Sammy, he's not coming out in any JAS stuff. You know, it's going to, you see Hager and 2.0 coming out as Jericho guys. Like even the, the Titan Trons that they use, not the Titan Trons, the, uh, the, the entrance videos that they use. Um, that is very, very different. They're no longer Jericho's soci- Jericho Appreciation Society related, Sammy's at least. Uh, everyone else's is. And you kind of just you're quietly moving did, Sammy away. He's adjacent, but he's not connected. Did Sammy have the, the Jericho Appreciation Society, the Revolutionary Force, and Sports Entertainers. Little intro before his I, music. I don't think so. Wednesday. I don't think anyone uses that other than uh, 2.0 now and Hager. 
I don't Jer- Jericho uses it. No. I don't know if Garcia does. Does he not? Jericho comes out to Judas and Judas only. <laughs> unless oh, I thought the, they had the little intro on there. Unless the entire group is coming out, Jericho doesn't have oh. a bumper, as far as I remember. But um, yeah, I, I just want to hit the super chat from Diver Digital. Uh, it says, Joel, is this why you watch so much Impact Wrestling? And then I love that right after that, they're like, whoops, I'm 30 or 50 minutes behind. <laughs> uh I watch a lot. I watch Impact for two reasons. One, because I'm paid to watch Impact and review for the site. There is that. Uh, but also, I do enjoy Impact Wrestling and have for a long time. Yeah, I've gone in and out of the show, absolutely, because there have been some dog shit times in Impact Wrestling. But I do argue that now, uh, and really since the Anthem takeover uh, and the Scott Demore takeover, it's become one of the better wrestling companies out there. Uh, it, I think it deserves a lot more attention. I understand why people are hesitant to give it a lot more attention because it has, it, it's burned a lot of people over the last 20 years to the point where they're just like, we don't know if this company's going to be around next week. Well, it's still going to be around now. I want people to maybe invest some more time watching Impact because it's a solid show. Uh, I don't really think last night's show was amazing, by the way. I see the chat. You know, people are saying it was a great show. I, I saw it on Monday because I was there for the tapings. But uh, other than that, it was just kind of like it was there. Um, it was it was a scheduled show. <laughs> it was fine. So I watch Impact because, yeah, the storytelling is really good. But I do want to make this one connection, by the way. Going back to the uh, the Pillars uh, main event and if that's more important than, like, BCC and the Elite's, they're about to do the same thing in Impact where PCO is going to face Steve Macklin for the Impact World Championship. And, like, that doesn't sound like a big hooky match right now. I'm not super jazzed about PCO in the main event of an Impact Plus show. I get why they're doing it, and I'll tell you why. On Go watch the post show that I did on, on the main channel because uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and go on about it. But I will say this. Impact will have to spend the next few weeks setting up some really um, – big matches to hook you in for the rest of under siege at the end of may because that's another show that like you know it's an impact plus show but you got to want people to watch and impact and uh, sorry macklin versus pco is not totally the reason to watch this show in my opinion so that's what i mean that they they're, they're they're killing time before i assume all this at slime anniversary 100 percent. yes yeah. yes and, but and they've got two months to do it I think honestly they're gonna do they're gonna do this Macklin and PCO and then the next month at uh, against all is against all odds the show that is coming to Columbus best July yes yeah they're probably gonna do a three way with PCO Macklin and Edward Edwards mm. and that's that is just what it is because uh, Lish this week was just went up to Santino and was like how can you let me, how can you reward him blah, da, 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 da. And yeah, it feels like they're going to do that. You know, this has been the the problem. We we mentioned it before. Is like all this getting all this was good because he immediately slots in to that main event picture because they've just been rehashing so many people when it comes to to the main event main event spot. It's just like, okay, here's Saban, here's Shelley, here's PCO, here's Eddie Edwards. It's like, look, all these are fine. Rest. I love Chris Saban and, and Alex Shelley. No one, no one's gonna be like, oh, Jeremy hates Motor City Machine Guns. Absolutely not. Listen to any show that I do. I'll mute you right now, Joel Pearl. Uh, it, no one can ever say that about me. But it's like, I don't need these guys like challenging for the, the world title in, in 20... Kazarian, another person. Bully Ray. Like, 
I don't need these people just in that world title picture in 2023. Like, give me new challengers, give me fresh challengers on that. And they they haven't been able to do it. Nick Aldis, because he's been away for so long, actually feel and has done something else. Like that that's kind of another knock that I have on Sabin, Shelly, Kazarian, all all these people is like they Motor City Machine Guns just continue to be awesome and do great tag team matches and stuff. Like there, there was nothing wrong. Kazarian went to AEW, but like that run was what it was, especially by the end when he was the elite hunter who couldn't beat Doc Gallows. Um, like that, that's just, and then he was off television stuff. Nick Aldis completely, he went from Magnus to like really reinventing himself and really establishing NWA and really turning himself into that main event guy. So he feels much fresher coming back to impact as this person than he was uh, during his original run. Oh, but now it's like, okay, PCO, cool. I've seen that. I, I got no issues with PCO. Like he's a cool act and everything, but th- this isn't who I want to see Steve Macklin wrestle. If, if I'm being honest, because I think Steve Macklin is great and I would like to see him like do a great feud. And I actually think like the story stuff will be okay. The match probably won't be that bad because PCO will bump, bump like crazy and be a madman and everything. They've done that match before, by the way, they've done PCO and Macklin and everyone shot on it going into the match. And then they all came out of it being like, Oh no, that was great. So again, I expect the match is going to be so much fun. It's going to be a great match. But like, I agree with you. There are so many young talent, young stars in Impact that deserve the opportunity. It's more than likely going to be Trey versus Chris Saban for the X Division Championship. For better or worse, you know, Saban's a 20-year Impact vet. So it gives Trey another body to add to his collection of big, meaningful wins as the X Division Champion. I I want to see what they do next with Gresham. I want to know what they do with Speedball. Actually, Gresham's a really interesting story because he's gone nowhere. And I feel like his contract is going to be over sooner than later. Nobody has gotten word as to how long Jonathan Gresham's contract with Impact Wrestling is. Nobody knows if it's a year, if it's nine months, if it's six months. Mia Yim came in for six months and that was it. She was in and out. They could be doing the same with Gresham. And, you know, when Jonathan Gresham did an interview with uh, Nick Hausman over at House of Wrestling, he basically said, yeah, me and Tony are cool. I'd go back to Ring of Honor again. Maybe that's what's happening. Or maybe they're about to turn Jonathan Gresham and they're going to give him a big, big old heel tear going after, I don't know what title, because your heels are currently holding all the uh, Ace of Bays are technically faces now. But like your singles titles are, are held by, by heels. So if you turn Gresham, you got to figure out what the hell to do with them. I was looking to see if there was any type of like contract news on on Gresham. I I, I think you're right in that it since, was since it was announced that he signed in mid December 2022. Nobody got it out of him as to how long that contract is. My guess is that it's at least a year. Again, complete complete guess on that. I don't know if they they would sign guys to like. I guess they would sign people to six month deals and they did it to Nia and they did, they gave her the same treatment in terms of like announcing that she signed with the company. Yeah. So, yeah that's, that's true. You know, and, and then you've got, there are other people who have signed for longer and then they just park them at home when things are, you know, not happening or not going on. Not that I think that that's when it, that's what's going to happen with Gresham. I think it's more likely that they signed him for, you know, six to nine months and, then we'll see where he wants to go if he wants to park himself longer. 
Uh, could be wrong. It's up to Jonathan Gresham to clarify this, but that's just kind of where my brain is at. But if and, and there's another thing too, you know, what's his wife up to? Right? She's currently yeah. Jordan Grace is currently headed to free agency. Maybe I'm not going to give away taping spoilers, but like it seems like they're starting to factor her into some some long-ish term plans to at least get us through the slammiversary. So uh, we'll see. It could, again, it could be Gresham is signed for six months, which that takes us to Slammiversary. That's December through to, well, July. So it would be seven months. Um, so he'd just have to tack on whatever. Assuming they're going to work as a team or as a couple in Impact Wrestling. So who knows? Gresham anyway. is an honorable man. He will he will finish out his dates to, to Slammiversary, be fine, figure it out from there. I have no doubt in my mind that he would. Something catastrophe some sort of catastrophe would have to happen for Gresham to be like, screw this, I'm out of here. Like, they'd really have to do something bad. I, I think it, he probably is signed more more short-term because otherwise, why wouldn't you be elevating him to the main event? Like that, These are the guys I want to see in the main event scene. Our guys like Gresham. Our guys like Speedball. Trey. A, you know, Ace Austin and Chris Bay. I'm glad they're the tag team champions. I'm glad Trey has like the X Division title and stuff, but it feels like they've been in that spot for so long. And meanwhile, we just get the rehash of all this, uh, of all the X champions and everything. Like, I need these guys elevated to the, I'm glad Macklin got elevated up there. Like, that, that was a guy who he came in and immediately showed he was something completely different than he was in WWE and he was killing it and he deserved to be elevated to that spot these other guys have been there longer than macklin and are still feel like they've been stuck in the same spot that they've been in for the longest time now i want to see them get elevated up at some point i'm sure macklin will enter into a feud with with sammy callahan after who who knows long because callahan is just it's it's another guy they're just going to go back to they're just going to go back to him they love him, and I get it. I get why backstage, why they love him. He is absolutely beneficial to that company. Do not get me wrong. He is he's um, by most accounts uh, a benefit to wrestling as a whole. Uh, he's yes. a good booker. He has a lot of good ideas. Uh, that being said, the Sammy Callahan character in Impact is floundering beyond floundering. The segment that they did with him this week, he, he's back to looking at a camera and cutting a selfie promo and saying like, "I took care of the design," and it's like, "No, you didn't." You, you did what everyone said you were going to do. You turned on them. I took them apart from the inside. No, you didn't. They team up against Ace of Bays next week. I had steps one through seven of my own. Step one, shave my head. That's just a Thursday. What do we, What are you talking about? That's just a Thursday. That's expensive, Sammy. Have you ever gotten a haircut? Shit's getting expensive. Step no, two, you got to shave your head. It's very cheap to just shave your head. And then he's like step two through seven includes take out the design. I'm like, that's a lazy plan, Sammy Callahan. What are we doing? $5,000. I'll shave my head. All right. Really you got to hear I got to really price that one up. <laughs> $5,000 in super chats and Jeremy Lambert will shave his head on camera. I'm going to get an angry text message here in a second. <laughs> totally fine by me. Cause we're making $5,000 off it. <laughs> what is that after YouTube takes it? Like, $25? Yeah, 25 bucks or so. Yeah, great. Uh, we're gonna I need that PayPal directly to me, by the way. <laughs> directly to me. Don't super chat that. Give me, <laughs> give me that straight, straight into the PayPal. Don't want, don't, don't need YouTube taking a cut. Don't need it. Joel Pearl definitely ain't taking a cut. Sean, Jimmy, no, I need that direct deposit on that one. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I, I you know what? I would forfeit uh, any cut 
to give that to you for doing this. Uh, by the way, in a couple of minutes, we're going to have Joshua Bishop joining us here on In the Weeds. We're going to talk about AIW, which uh, is near and dear to Jeremy's heart. And we're going to talk about his match with Matt Cardona for the AIW. Was it the absolute title? Absolute title. Yep. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I know you're going to have some questions for Josh. I am too. This is, uh, is going to be a fun interview. I'm looking forward to it. Do you want to set, yeah, set this up? Talk about it. I'm just saying Josh Bishop's great. He's uh he's been on the spotlight before. We we interviewed him uh after his gauntlet for the gold victory. That was a little while ago at this point. It was last year, because I remember watching Gauntlet for the Gold and the Avs were playing in the second round against the Blues. So I was trying to like watch hockey on my phone, but also pay attention to the wrestling and, and things like that. So yeah, it's been a while since uh I I've personally talked talked to Josh like on air and everything but oh, i'm looking forward to, to josh he rules he does a lot of great stuff with with aiw one of the top stars there uh doing a lot of stuff with uh black label pro as well as the midwest champion at black label pro um yeah yeah i i think this guy will be signed very soon i can't imagine why he would not be signed in the very near future the look uh the look he has the, the charisma he has, just the presence and everything. Good worker. I know he gets a lot of comparisons to Sid. Man, if you don't think wrestling needs another Sid, I don't know what to tell you. The Sid is one of the all-time goats, all right? So I, I very much look forward to uh, to Josh Bishop joining the show. How's his softball game? How do you think it is? <laughs> we can ask him. We can ask him how his softball game is. PayPal Jeremy. Drop PayPal. Everyone knows my PayPal, right? I, I assume like, it's the same as your your. Yeah, I, everything's the same for me. It's it's yeah. my PayPal is jeremylambert eighty eight at gmail dot com. If you want to PayPal me five thousand dollars, I will shave. I'm gonna somebody's gonna be crazy enough to do this. And I don't know, what is it. happening? Yeah. If someone wants to do that for me, I'm not gonna shave my head. But if you want to send me five thousand dollars, PayPal dot me slash Joel Pearl J W L P E A R L. Jeremy, what are we doing here? Why are we trying to get our head? Why are we trying to get I'm, your head? I'm legitimately scared someone's going to do this now and I'm going to have to shave my head. Oh, yeah. There's the angry text message. Not angry. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Then you get the three bubbles. That's the worst feeling in the world. Those three bubbles. It's like, oh, no. What, what's? Did you say you'd shave your head for five grand? Yes. That's that's what I said. Who stooged, her? Who stooged you off? She, I mean, she watches the show. She said, awesome. I don't know if that's like sarcastic or she's like maybe she doesn't care she's like yeah sure five thousand dollars whatever it's your hair it'll hopefully grow back yeah uh, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> i'm keeping all the money by the way oh yeah, yeah, she, part of the deal. she said five grand sure let's go it's her <laughs> head nice as long as she loves me anyway that's that's fine we're, we're, we're good oh, she, there you go I, all right, I don't feel as bad about it now. Uh, I still feel I, I feel very weird with the with the shape. I don't know how that how that would look. Very little worried. I think it would. I think it would look pretty okay. I mean, I've seen you with with shorter hair before. Yeah, yeah. Should I go clean shaven as well? Just like a friggin' Mister Clean out here. So I saw you post that video, and I saw some people get real confused about you having uh, <laughs> a clean shaven face, and you're like, I did it to was it to confuse my mom or to, to troll my mom? To troll, yeah. Troll yeah. my mom. She I mean, doesn't I mean, like when I. She doesn't like when I go clean shaven. Uh, she she doesn't like it. And so for her birthday, uh, I was like, I'm just gonna go clean and then just just to troll her and upset her for her birthday. Son of the year, right here. Son of the year. Um, 
my my general feeling is that you could shave, you could trim, you'd probably look pretty good. Uh, I don't think you need like the big full bushy beard like when I first met you. Yeah, I need to shave it anyway because summer it gets very very itchy. Uh, oh yeah, I would like, I would like the record to show that the wife is never never mean. I say this just in, in fear for my own uh, my own relationship of that. I feel at some point. Joel, I'm going to do something stupid to where she is just like, I cannot take this idiot anymore. I don't know what that point is going to be, but there, I'm going to hit some point where she is just like, you know what? Like, you're great. I love you, but like, you're just dumb and I got to, I got to move on. That's my biggest fear in life. $100,000. I'll blow up my own car on the air. <laughs> <laughs> One day you're going to have to figure out what the line is on that because I'm sure, listen, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure she's a long haul, but let's face it. At every, some point. Every partner has their breaking point. Yeah, exactly. I, I commit to a lot of dumb stuff on this show yeah. too. I yeah. really do. And so, again, at some point she's just going to be like, I'm just, what, what am I doing with my life supporting this man? Like what? What is happening here? I get it. I really do. That's she, something that, she uh, deserves so much better. Bless her. <laughs> I mean, does she? No, I'm just kidding. This uh, this show this show has flown by. Uh, we're waiting for Josh Bishop. Hopefully, uh, he's going to be here. Soon. He did say he did tell me he might be running a little bit That's late. Right. That's uh, we can still we can keep talking yeah. um, tonight. Oh well, what, well, might as well get into this. What uh, what are we looking forward to tonight on uh, SmackDown or on WWE? Sorry, on, on WWE SmackDown or AEW Rampage. Or if there's Rampage something else, GCW show. Oh, that's right. Rampage is Saturday. Yeah, Rampage uh, is so maybe the GCW show. Are you looking forward to anything from that? Oh, uh, Vikingo's wrestling at the GCW show. I love love Vikingo. Um, mm-hmm. I forget. I Off the top of my head, I do forget who he's actually facing. I apologize. GCW. Uh, Jensen's going to be at the GCW show in Atlanta. If you're going to GCW in Atlanta, go say hi to uh, Steven Jensen. Please do that. So what's been announced for SmackDown? Woods and Gunther. That should rule. Yeah. Right? Like, fun. Yeah. Oh, well, King goes facing Commander uh, at the Atlanta show. It's like, all right, well, Have you seen this? it should Have be you a great match. Yeah. Have you seen <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like I've seen this like 50 times over the past uh, week here. So oh, actually, you know, yeah, the uh, Billy Starks and Allison Danger match. We, I was going to mention that. Yeah, we were talking about getting Alice in Danger on the show because Billy Starks has done a ton of fightful stuff lately, so we wanted to, you know, give her a break. Um, but yeah, that that match with Alice in Danger is, is generational differences. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, uh, I, I was pulling up the card, and yeah, Alice in Danger and Billy Starks. That should be a great match. That's at the Atlanta show again. If you are uh, going to the Atlanta show, which is tonight, uh, if you're if you're going to that, Steven Jensen's going to be there. Go say hi. Go say hi to him. And then they got another show in Orlando on on saturday so two gcw shows uh yeah smackdown I'm, I'm looking forward to woods and gunther i imagine gunther wins but woods put the title on woods man give that man all the titles he's the best it'll be fun but i yeah i mean gunther he's on a tear you can't stop that i want them to set up something moving forward with la knight gunther and xavier woods maybe that's a triple threat to have in puerto rico Oh, hold on. Sorry. Uh, I was I was checking my messages and Oh, okay. He Josh, so Josh Bishop messaged me and he just said sup. 
<laughs> did you not send them the link to this show? No, I did. I okay. did. I did. <laughs> that would have been absolutely fantastic. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the women's tag title match. It's going to be uh, Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green challenging Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. I have no doubt in my mind who's going to win this match, Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, because it's the Hot Potato Championship. Uh, no, I, I, I expect this to be a good match with just a solid defense from the new champions. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to take the titles off on this quickly. Maybe they should, because no offense to, to Liv and Raquel, that, that thrown that thrown together tag team. Okay, Josh said he's good to go. Uh, I, I sent him the link previously. I will just send it to him again. Uh, All right. Hopefully we can get this sorted out. Uh, apologies, everybody. Just to set uh, up for this week, uh, next Friday, I'm sure we're going to have some WWE draft talk, because that's going to start uh, next Friday as well. So get prepared for a little bit of that. We'll cross with our uh, with our AEW talk on Friday as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk draft next Friday. We're going to see what the rules are and everything. Maybe I'll just bring Sean actually on the show instead of him just making a random run in. Bring him on and just beat him in the draft again. Since there he is. a coward and quit the last time. Who's uh, your number one pick this time? I can't spoil that. Like, why am I gonna? Why am I gonna give away my game plan, Joel? That's dumb. He's not watching. You don't know that. He's been watching for the majority of the day. Like, he yeah, has nothing better to do. I was going to say, then he found something better to do. Yeah. He started updating select stuff. So now it's uh, now he's actually back out of the weeds. It did. He he he, he promoted our interview with uh, Josh Bishop on, on the latest select post. He did. So, yep. yeah. so uh, I'm sure we'll have notes from uh, from this chat once uh, once it's done. I'll have articles up from this chat once it's done. Um, like, you know, article pretty quickly, uh, I would I would imagine, because I'm good. Good at this, Joel Pro. You're very good at this. Uh, I, I see him in the waiting room. I don't see a video. So I'm going to wait and see if there's video that shows up, and then we'll get right into our chat with Josh Bishop. Okay. And I'll even let you introduce the man, because... Uh, He's your best pal now. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. We're gonna start this. You know how Drew McIntyre is is Alex McCarthy's best friend. Yes. You are now Joshua Bishop's best friend. You should like ask him how he feels about that. Like we can't ask Drew how Alex McCarthy feels uh, feels about it. But I don't want to. You know, Josh probably like no. I don't want to be associated with this person again. I would not blame him. I also understand. Yes, I, I fully understand that. It would make sense. I see. I see. Chat saying that our uh, truth is number one draft pick. So there it is. Right. He's back. He's the Black Label Pro Midwest Champion, three-time AIW Absolute Champion, C4 Underground Champion, three-time AIW Intense Champion, AIW Tag Team Champion with West Barkley, Rip City Shooters, UXWA Tag Team Champion with West Barkley. He's facing Matt Cardona. He's gonna beat Matt Cardona's ass. This weekend at AIW and get the title back. He's Josh Bishop. And he's back. I'm back and I think I fixed my audio issues. I was only getting one bar where I was at for some reason, so then I just walked around. Oh, Much we're better. I'm in debt. Sorry about that. No, we're good. Oh, I'm glad you got, got saved. I got him sorry. covered up. Love uh, that intro. What well, better intro, though. Take two. Yeah, Fuck look. It. Fired me up. <laughs> Got a shot of redemption there. The first one, there we're, we're we gonna throw that out the window. We're gonna throw that one out the window. This is this is where it's at right here. All right, you were you're telling us about Eric Stevens and and uh, how hard he hits and then cookies. Okay, Eric Stevens, the man, uh, great dude, great dad. Um, had a fun match with him at Black Label. 
We wrestled at uh, AIW at Hell on Earth. I, um, I wish we could run that. I hope we can run that match back one day. If he wants to unretire again, that'd be kind of cool. He makes great cookies. He hits hard. I love it when people hit me hard because it just makes it kind of just like the green lights. It just all right, cool. We're just rocking and rolling because I mean they call me Stiffy McGee for a reason, man. That's a name that you got to earn. You don't just get that given to you. Dude, that, that's what I was going to ask was because, you know, not everyone wants to take the shots they dole out, but it's good that you are the type who's like, you hit me, I'll hit you, and we'll really beat the shit out of each other. Oh, yeah, it's kind of a dick move, I think, if you're just going to beat the shit out of somebody and then complain about it in the back. Or maybe, I don't know, you know, if, I don't know, let's say maybe if I had a move in my arsenal called, like, the broski boot or something, and maybe every time I hit you with it, I kicked you in the head as hard as fucking possible, and then called you Stiffy McGee on my podcast and said that you hit me really hard and I and I would never stiff anybody. But my, in reality, my boot in the corner allegedly maybe uh, an instant, an instant heel to the back of your head almost is what it feels like. It's like he kicks you in the front of the head and you feel in the back of your head. But that's all alleged, you know. I'm not talking about anyone in particular. That's just if I had a move in my arsenal called the Bruce, Broski boot. This this match against Cardona, you finally get him in, in a singles match. So to, to set oh. this up for, for people, you were on our show, uh, myself and Jensen, the spotlight, when we kind of like broke the news to you that That's Cardona true. was Cardona oh, was injured yeah, you're right. and what you would that? not be getting that match. Now here we yeah, what are, are almost <laughs> what do you almost got a year today? later. No, 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 no breaking news that Cardona is hurt. Oh. A year later, you're going to face Cardona, but now he's got Bill Alfonso. Now he's got Steph DeLander on his side. But how are you feeling now you finally get your hands on Matt Cardona one-on-one? Oh, I cannot wait. It's going to be electric this Saturday night. This Saturday night in the Tadmore Shrine, if you are anywhere within, I would say, 10 to 12 hours of driving distance to Cleveland or to Akron, Ohio, the Dirty 330, my hometown, you better get your ass there because there's no Cavs basketball. They're playing tonight. Going to put the New York Knicks down in their home court. And then Saturday night, the championship's coming back home. Right back, I'm going to be the first ever four-time absolute champion. Matt Cardona, I like that you think that you're pulling a fast one on me by bringing in Bill Alfonso to your little crew. But the thing is, I've been dealing with Fonzie for years. This ain't my first rodeo with Bill Alfonso down there. I've won titles before. I've won the absolute title, actually, with Bill Alfonso ringside. And he had to watch his little boy, Matt Justice, get his ass pinned one, two, three. Well, I was crowned the new absolute champ. So, Bill Alfonso, you're not scared me, bud. I'm not too afraid. Cardona, you might have pulled a fast one on me. I'll be honest. You pulled a fast one on me. You got one over on me in Cleveland. But in Akron, there is no chance. I don't know what you're going to have to bring a tank or something because I am ready to destroy this dude. I have been looking forward to getting my hands on this dude in a one-on-one rematch. We have not had a one-on-one match since our first encounter in October of, I believe, 2021, if I'm being exact. So this is years in the making. You've been ducking and dodging me. Your bicep, how hurt was it, man? Huh? Were you just trying to avoid the icon? Were you trying to avoid Stiffy McGee? Because this Saturday night in Akron, Ohio, there's going to be no avoiding the, the, the intense icon. Because Stiffy McGee, I have just been getting these hands ready. I've been just smacking bricks trying to callous these hands up. I've been doing heavy deadlifts. My hands look rugged and rough. I can't wait to just 
pull. This dude, he puts that good little cut in his to try and show off his pecs and his shirts when he cuts them with that brother cut. I can't wait to get him in the corner. I'm going to rip that shirt off completely, expose that chest, and I'm just going to chop the fuck out of this dude. And I cannot wait to light him up. I'm going to try and rip his heart out through his chest. So, There's an easy headline. That's, that's great. I love it. <laughs> so, okay, let's let's talk about it. So, Steph Delander is going to be with Matt Cardona, and so will Fonzie. You, let's say you get one – let's say you get two people to come and join you at ringside for this event to even out the odds. Who are you picking, Josh? Do I get any two ever? Ever. Pick your, pick your, best, uh, your best. I'm team. taking my main man, Maserati West, West Barkley, with me. And honestly, if I can have anyone else by my side, I would pick the Iceman, Ricky Bricks, the Brickster. He's not really around as much anymore these days. I wish he was, but he's still out there. But I know he's still got a few screws loose. He might not be in the wrestling business as much anymore. But that is, I swear to God, the craziest man I've ever met in my life. And you know, that is the only man I've ever seen Matt Justice run from. If you want to know how crazy that man is, that man knocked out Matt Justice with headbutts. Never <laughs> I, all right, we got we to set the record straight on something. There's a lot of rumor and innuendo that when when Sean Ross Sapp came in and attacked Shaza McKenzie, that those in the locker room <laughs> were not happy with what happened out there. Did you confront Sean Ross Sapp backstage? Were you wrapping the hands ready to punch him in the face for ruining Shaza McKenzie's moment? No, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> He know, Sean Ross can do whatever he wants with Shaza McKenzie. He, as long as he's not coming for that Midwest title, he's not my problem. He knows better. He saw me sniffing the smell and saw us. Me and Filthy Tom were out there. We're grappling. We're fighting. Me and Tom are doing live rounds on each other. We're just fucking punching each other in the face before our matches getting amped up. I'm ripping these smelling salts. We're crying. We're laughing. We're getting amped up. I'm getting ready to go out there fang and bang and defend my Midwest title. So Sean Ross, he knew. He knew better than to come after the champ. I don't really give a fuck what he does as long as he stays out of my way. Because you know, I got two options when you're getting in the ring with Rip City Shoes. And it's get out of the way or get ran the fuck over. Is that your pre-match routine? He did mention, like, you you have a very, like, intense pre-match routine. You and Tom Waller (laughs) are just punching each other in the face? I mean, I wouldn't say it's intense. I mean, for some people, they might say some of the things I do is intense or a little bit off the wall. But for me, it's just another day in life. I wake up at 4 a.m. every day and I hit the smelling salts to wake me up. I don't need coffee. Oh, it just clears out the sinuses and gets me ready to the road. It gets me locked and loaded for a day because I got to wake up those weights. They're sleeping. Those weights at 4 a.m., those 25s are – those 25s is what it feels like a 10 because they're sleeping. A 45 in the morning at 4 a.m. is only a 25 because it's been sleeping all night. It's not as heavy in the morning, but you get there about 5, 6 p.m. That's why people have a hard time at the gym. You get there 5, 6, 7 after a long day's work. Fuck, you don't want to fucking lift those weights. And they've been getting dropped all day by who knows who. So a 45 could be a 70 for all you know because it could be so burnt out and pissed off. It's going to make itself a little heavier for you. That's why you got to sneak attack those weights early in the morning. Now I don't know what I want to see more. Sean Ross Sapp versus Josh Bishop or a bunch of weights Becoming sentient and alive and taking on Josh Bishop in the morning. That's why I get it in early. You got to get it in early and bang and clang early. I'm fine with it. (laughs) Jeremy, what else do you want to ask? What what music do you listen to when you're clanging and banging? um, Really, I've been listening to a lot of Olivia Rodrigo. Um, Yeah. I I don't know if you guys. That's that's the young goat right there. That's amazing. I'm into that. 
Did we just lose his audio? Maybe Did Olivia he mute would... us? To listen to Olivia Rodrigo when blame. I think so. I would have done it too. We're, we're, listen, Olivia that Rodrigo. Is, uh, Booty Mix oh. 11 is probably my favorite. But I'll uh, go Big Booty Mix anything. Uh, 1 through 23, you know, it just kind of depends what I'm feeling that day, whatever I'm not listening to lately. Because I'm just in there jamming and I'm just banging and clanging. Getting after it, thinking about how I can't wait. I mean, I got to build these arms up. I'm doing chops with the 25s in each hand. So that way, I'm ready to just chop everyone hard as fuck on the weekend. Jeremy kind of alluded to it earlier, asked the question when your audio wasn't uh, doing so hot. But now we have you and you're you're solid. Um, You had a match with Angrel recently for the PLP Midwest title. Uh, Talk about. Legend. Yeah, talking, working with Angrel, who is a legend. Like, is there. What what do you learn working with a guy like Angrel? Oh, I don't know what I can say on here, but you learn some things working in there with old Gangrel. Because they're, I mean, fagging and banging it, I don't know what time we went out there, like 12 in the morning. It was awesome. It could not have been a better experience. Because we're just out there, and Gangrel's just talking shit to me while we're out there, and I'm just fucking laying it right back in at him, and we're just beating the piss out of each other, and just having, I'm having the time of my life out there. I live for that shit. I don't know, but I mean, some people might hate it, but I love, I just love when you're just in there and it's just getting real. I love it. Jeremy, go ahead. You've also worked uh, like Big Demo, Rhino, like people who have, you know, people who have been around, been, been part of WWE and everything. Who is a guy that is giving you giving you some advice when it comes to that like a veteran guy who has been like all right this is something that you need to work on or this is something you do really well um honestly you know what right now i'm gonna give a little shout out to my guy that nobody would probably think that i talk to on like a decently regular basis or that really is like a mentor of mine but i'm gonna give a shout out to chris hero he's he texting he texts me a lot he's always checking in when i do these facetimes or he'll watch something and break it down for me it's awesome big demo is a big help too because just because uh i mean he gets it because he started on the indies and he was in wwe now he's back on the indies so he's just not that there's anything wrong with like a rhino or anything like that i just think um I don't know, it's just different. I mean, Arthur Rhino's in a fucking exploding cage match, you know what I mean? So, that's not really... <laughs> you're not a really different gonna, environment. Though. Yeah, you're not really going to be under the learning tree when you're pressing in front of 5,000 <laughs> juggalos in an exploding cage match on Halloween. Hold on, I got to hear about this. Can you, what, an exploding... I didn't. I have not seen this. I yeah. see this. I'm, I'm the king of the exploding cage match, actually. I've never won a single one of them, but uh, I did two last year. <laughs> I did two last year. I had a three-way dance at the Gathering of the Juggalos with Vampiro and Delirious. We wrestled at about four in the morning. It was pretty awesome. And then I worked a uh, Rhino on Halloween in an exploding cage match also. That's bonkers. Both on YouTube, if anyone was wanted to watch them. Yeah, I think I have something to do this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> what is yeah. it like wrestling in front of Juggalos? Like, how, how is that crowd compared to oh, a normal wrestling crowd? I mean, I love kind it. of are normal wrestling crowds. I love them. I love it because they hate me, so I love it. Do you have, have you talk all, take all, talk all the shit you want to, Juggalos. Shit, talk me about my blonde hair, about my muscles, whatever you want. I, I love that shit. It doesn't you, throw me off my game one bit. It motivates me more. Have you developed a favorite uh, flavor of Fago Cola as a result? 
No, I don't. I don't like pop. Oh, all right. <laughs> no pop oh, okay. for me. You are definitely so. You're definitely Midwest because pop. I have this debate in my household. Pop and soda. I call yeah. it soda. Why the, the rest of the, I'm from North Carolina. I've always I've always called it soda. It's not pop oh, to me. You're silly. It's pop. A, man. Po- <laughs> a pop is what you get when you go out in front of the audience, Josh Bishop. A pop is yeah. what Sean Ross that knows nothing about at Black Label <laughs> Pro. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Soda is what you drink. No, you get. Well, <laughs> you hear that pop noise when you pop the can open. <laughs> no, that's a fish. Anyway, uh, Mike from Indy asks, "When is Chris Hero bringing in Josh Bishop to West Coast Pro?" Oh, I don't know. I don't ask about that kind of stuff. Um, you got to ask the matchmaker that. Question for Chris Hero, not Josh Bishop. Yeah, yeah. Let's get let's get Hero in here next week, and we'll. Uh, it'll hey, be three me- minutes of him a bit, of us asking when do you book Josh Bishop. You want me to text him? I'll see if he can get you. So make a spot for you. All right. Hey, well, I'd love to have Chris Hero on yeah, the show. Are you kidding me? Chris Hero rules. That's oh, he is the man. He, uh, yeah. the big big piece of advice he's given me lately is stop getting hit with chairs. Mm. And I've really been trying to implement it in my game because it kind of sucks. So. I want. I, I asked you about Ottawa, Canada, and I know you put. Oh yeah, C four wrestling, baby. Next week, what are you doing Friday? I, so I'm in Toronto, unfortunately, oh, and I have right. a lot of friends in Ottawa because, again, home, my hometown. Uh, that's it's a different beast, C four, and working Ottawa. Talk to me about the C four oh. experience. Some people are starting to see more of them uh, through through IWTV and through fight and all that stuff. I love C. I cannot put into words how much I love C four wrestling because I don't know what it is, but maybe. They just don't have maniacs up there or something. But there's just – I just feel some weird connection with the crowd. And there's, like, a whole group that I love. It's, like, the whole Sean Frost crew. I don't know if anyone even knows who that is. Sean Frost Real Estate, shout out. Um, his crew he brings, they has, like, a crew of, like, 20. They took a liking to me right away, and they kind of helped with the rest of the crowd. And I just love getting it there because it's packed. These shows are packed and the crowds are hot and it's just fun to just get out there and just go nuts because, I I mean, Manders and I had a good one out there. If anyone hasn't seen that one, highly recommend that one. I gave him a crazy awesome bomb to the floor, probably almost killed him. They give me just fun matchups. I got in there with Young Jay Lee, if anyone knows who that, if you guys know who that is. He's out of Buffalo. Um, He's awesome. I want to get that dude in AIW at some point this year. He's awesome. Uh, I've had fun ones. Got to team with Lufisto, which is awesome because she's a legend of wrestling. So they always just have something awesome for me. I can't. I love going up there. I'm so happy every time I know that I look at my calendar. And I just know I got C4 in like a week or two. It just makes me look forward to it. It's seriously one of my favorite places to go. I love C4 wrestling. Have you become a poutine guy after working C4 and working? Ne- I'll be. I've never had poutine. My usual routine is I get stopped at the border because I look like a maniac. They pull us all in, they look through the car, they find the title belts, then they go, oh, the champ is here, they say some shit like that, they send us on our way, we get there probably 30 minutes before the show starts, I just eat nothing besides like the apples and stuff that are back there, which is pretty awesome. That is honestly a low-key underrated thing, is that C4 has snacks in the back. If a promotion has snacks in the back, it's just as like a chef's kiss. Like, all right, thank God. Because I am hungry as fuck, and I did not pack enough food. Or I did not get enough food at the last stop. 
Oh, and they always have bottles of water too, which I always need that bottle of water to just spike at the ground and soak everyone in the blast zone when I come out. And <laughs> bring your own apples night now. Yeah. But, uh, so I've never had any like poutine or anything, any like Canadian exclusive treats. I know you guys have like ketchup chips or something. I really don't like ketchup or mustard or any of that stuff. So I don't have, that doesn't sound tasty to me. So I don't get that. The only thing is that you guys have these one cherry, like jelly. I don't know how to describe them. They're they're cherry jelly filled Sour Patch Kids. That's the only like Canadian exclusive treat that I get every time I go. And they're so sour, and they burn my mouth every time. And I continue to be an idiot and just eat and try and put the whole bag in my mouth at once like an idiot. And then my tongue hurts for a few days after. Now I'm gonna have to come to I'm gonna have to come to Ottawa when you're working a C4 show. Say hi, and we're gonna we'll, we'll find we'll find a little poutine uh, spot. We'll have a little poutine. I'd love to get one. Let's I don't do know. It. I don't even know what it is. It's it's carbs. It's just carbs. That's what I I need. That's all you need. Yeah, people try and ask me what my diet is. My diet is a Little Caesars pizza every day because you cannot beat the calories per dollar. Because it's nearly three thousand calories. It's a very cheap deal. Yeah, and then uh, my rule is: if you're going to eat something unhealthy, you just have two protein shakes with it, and then it makes it not as bad. It's not really a good theory, but that's my theory. This is the man after my heart right now. Yeah. Little Caesars just, is not good pizza, though. It's 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 good price, not yeah, good pizza. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, you just fold two slices over. You got to order online, so they always make it fresh for you. Then you pick it up. It's still warm and steamy. You fold two slices over, and you just slug them down real fast. I used to be able to eat one in eight minutes because I could eat one in my drive from when I pick it up to get home. And then you just slug two protein shakes after, and you take a little nap, and you wake up, and you're jacked. You eat it have because you, it's there. Yeah. Have you done uh, a, a eating competition with um, – <laughs> oh, now I'm going to – oh, I got, he escapes my name. We've had him on the spotlight. Megabyte Ronnie. Yes, Megabyte, Megabyte Ronnie. Ronnie. I was no, thinking of his partner. No, he's a real eater. I'm, not, I'm like a fake eater. I just eat – I can't do like a competition. I just do it for myself. I think I'd crack under pressure. Plus, there's nothing really I like eating that much. I don't think I could eat, like, what's he eat, like 50 hot dogs once a year or something? That's oh, crazy insane. to me. That's yeah. so gross. Insane stuff that he eats. Uh, yeah. Josh, la- last one. I won't take up too much of your time. but I, I No, keep it going. I'm good. Let's keep it rocking. <laughs> I feel like I those first five minutes were bad because I had that bad audio. I owe you guys at least ten more minutes. Oh, we've been doing great so far. Yeah. Uh, well, I still I still need to ask this. Be remiss if I didn't ask this. Uh, car accident earlier this year. That was a tough time for oh. a lot of independent wrestlers. First off, glad everyone is doing okay. Which, oh my you know, god, how, was that terrifying? Yeah. So how was that? Like, uh, I, that what happened yep. there? The only way I can describe it honestly is, you know, when you're driving in Grand Theft Auto and you just hit something really fast and you just spin around in the air a bunch and then you come down. And your car is like really fucked up. Yes, that's what it that's was like. good. <laughs> yeah, like we were just spinning, and I was like, "I'm gonna die on a Sunday morning," and I didn't even get to wrestle. Like, at least it would have been better if it was like Sunday night. You know what I mean? Because then I would have had a match. But uh, I think I was supposed to do like something with Sabu that day too, which kind of pissed me off because then I missed the show. But uh, I mean, obviously, like the car wreck sucked because like my body's all hurt and stuff but mainly i was just mad i missed the show 
more than anything. Because, I mean, poor Marino, it was his car, so his car, total, he got totaled out. But it was just, it, like, went in the air, then, like, came down into, like, luckily it was, like, rainy and wet. So, like, the dirt was really, lo- like, I don't know what you say, softer, kind of, the ground. And so then we just got stuck in nature's wall, pretty much the bottom of this hill. And his car was implanted in it like an angle, like from a Grand Theft Auto scene. That's how I would describe it. So no, nothing lingering after all that. You're, you're, no, you're, I mean, I felt, I mean, no, I just felt like, you know, usual terribleness for like an extra two or three weeks, but it's fine. Man, what a, what a way to go. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I mean, we definitely got so lucky that there was no other car on the road near us or we would have died because we were just spinning in the highway. Yeah. Across all the lanes. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, yeah, the there no other, yeah, like you said, no other car. <laughs> Yeah. That's, if that's the worst that happened was you guys told the yeah. car and got, well, got some pain out of it yeah we got super lucky you're good very yeah. lucky very lucky very lucky i don't want to undermine the situation it was scary obviously yeah. and terrifying but luckily like the best case scenario for that situation is what happened so we got lucky very glad that it didn't turn out to be to be worse because i remember reading about it and it was like oh fortunately everybody was okay and because it's out, and because his car was falling backwards, and that's what ripped the bumper and the muffler off, was he was falling back. We were going backwards downhill, then flipped again and turned to land forward. Not, none <laughs> of this sounds good. None of this sounds even <laughs> possible. Much no. less I'm trying to put it in my head. Yeah, I me was, too. I mean, now I can kind of laugh about it because I was just like, oh, it's happening. I'm like, holy fuck, I'm going to die. But then it just kept going for like two minutes of us spinning and shit. And then we like are going backwards, and I'm like, "Holy fuck, we're still not dead." Sorry, I don't know if I can swear here. No, nah, you're good. You're good. You can, okay. Sorry, Joel can do some editing. Sorry about that, Joel. <laughs> now we're deep into the show. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, man. Uh, you're good. You're good, man. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you for for sharing that because I can't imagine, and it sounds terrifying. But again, glad everybody is okay. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, what, we, what happened was when we landed, I just started laughing because I just, I don't know, that's how I just deal with stuff. I try and find the humor in a terrible situation. I know it's probably not the best way, but I don't know. I just like comedy a lot and just dark comedy is kind of what I like. So I just started laughing like, huh, I cannot believe we're not dead. <laughs> okay. Like, like, we just lived through that. Can you guys believe that shit? Hold on, give me give me a favorite movie, a dark comedy movie that like is oh. like number one. You got to watch it all the time. I, oh, my favorite movie of all time is probably Super Bad. Uh, I just think that uh, is a classic. Like, yeah. <laughs> have you seen Hot Rod? I have not seen Hot Rod. You got to watch oh. Hot Rod. Just a yeah, funny I think stupid. you would really like Hot Rod. Yeah, Andy yeah. Samberg thinks he's a daredevil. That's all you got to know. <laughs> Ooh, I love I love Andy Samberg. I love Saturday Night Live. I'm a big SNL fan. Gotta watch. So, you, I loved growing up on the Lonely Island. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you should definitely watch Hot Rod. I think yeah, All you right. would definitely definitely enjoy that. And shout out to Lonely Island. I, I, I listened to oh. some of their songs on the way home from an a, AEW event. Those beats go hard. Lonely Island beats. They're they did not have to go that hard. No, underrated. <laughs> underrated is the Lonely Island. So as we uh, as we start to wrap it up and, and wind down, you've had uh, a few people. Uh, you know, look, they look at you and they think, "Huh, he looks a lot like uh, a lot like Sid Justice." Sid oh, you don't have to say a few people. I get this shit every weekend. 
Well, yeah. No matter what show I'm at. And that's cool. I, was, I mean, it's a lot better than being compared to, like, a jabroni. Because Sid was, like, a world champion, and he was jacked, and he was huge, and he looked sweet. But I'm probably going to break a lot of people's hearts here. Guys, I'm a little too young for Sid. <laughs> I was born after I was born after Goldberg already had the streak going. Like, Sid wasn't really doing too much while I was growing up. I, I'd watch clips of him here and there on YouTube, like if I was watching old wrestling back, or I got like an old DVD, and I would know he was then. But I didn't grow up like a big Sid fan. I just like dyeing my hair blonde because I knew I wanted to bleed. So I always thought when Ric Flair was bleeding, his hair looked sweeter because it was sucking in that blood. But here's the real question. How's your softball game? Oh, terrible, probably. That's <laughs> how you know he's not Sid Bridges. Oh, kid. fuck. I don't think I've run the bases since I was in, like, fifth grade, maybe. <laughs> I can probably hit a dinger, but I don't. if it was coming straight on me, I could probably knock it out of the park. But you throw a curveball or something at me, I am not kidding. I was not a baseball kid. I played lacrosse. Oh, there's a good sport. All right. Yeah. Before 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 we do wrap up, you mentioned the Cavs. I know you're a basketball fan. First time we talked to you, uh, I remember you were playing like 2K before we went on air, which popped me. Um, you got so it. So Cavs, Cavs, how how are we feeling? One one against the Knicks right now. How are we feeling about the Cavs? I'm feeling good. I'll be honest tonight. I do expect possibly. I don't. I listen. I know this is bad. It's Jared Allen's B day, but shout out Jared Allen, big two five. Um, but. Uh, I think the Knicks might get this one, I will say, but it does. Just I do think we're going to take the next one. I think game four, I think we're coming back to Cleveland, 2-2, series tied. That's my hope. I'd love it if we're coming back 3-1, and then we close it out of the land. And I honestly think that those Milwaukee Bucks or those Miami Heat, they got don't have no chance. They have no clue what's in store for them when Spider just lights it up. I think the Cavs, I say – I don't want to jinx myself and say we're going all the way, but I could seriously say we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> we might lose the next three games in a row, and I'm going to look like a fucking idiot for saying that. But Josh, just... it's, it's Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland just breaks your heart. That's, no. that's, that's the gimmick. I, I know. That's the gimmick. It's, it's in reality. I'm looking right now at a picture. It says Cavs Playoffs 2023. I think maybe, <laughs> listen, if things don't go good in L.A. this year, things don't go good in L.A. next year, we got that 2024 draft pick. We gave our boys another two years to develop, get that unity going. We got the big four. The king says, you know what? I got to end it where I started it. I got one more run in me. We draft Bronny. He gives it the new prince of Cleveland. That's what I'll call him, the new prince of Cleveland, Bronny James. He comes sixth man of the year, Bronny James, and rookie of the year. You get LeBron in at the three. You got an elite starting group of – Evan Mobley, you got Jared Allen, you got LeBron, you got DG the PG, and you got Spider. And you tell me who in the fuck is going to beat that team. We might hit a three-peat and send LeBron out of here on a three-ring run. And he's just going to hand the Kings over to the Prince. There's a reason we kept that 2024 draft pick. I'm just saying that. LeBron, you want to come back? We'll take you back. I, I Listen, I was at your first homecoming. And Akron, I'll gladly play up some ditty dirty money coming home. I'd love to have you back. <laughs> oh, Josh, we appreciate it. By the way, the team that beats them is the Oklahoma City Thunder with the young Shea Gilgis Alexander, Josh Giddy. No, I, I do like the Listen, I do like the Thunder. I, I do like the Thunder. My SG is Josh Giddy. I like the Thunder. It's funny. But the thing is, I just think 
the, the problem with the Thunder is going to be is you're going to have too many play, too many mouths to feed, too many mouths to feed in Oklahoma City. This is Sam Presti said this of like, oh, you got too many good players, too many draft picks. Yeah, it's a problem having too much money. This is an issue. All of a yeah, sudden, too yeah. much money. Egos in the NBA. There's no egos. That is true. No he goes in okay so far. All right, the wind is, is kicking the shit out of you right now. Oh, I know. Sorry. I don't care <laughs> to hear that. Josh, let everyone know where, where they can find you at. And thank Listen, you again for joining us today. You can find me on Twitter at Joshua Bishop. I, I don't even know. I gotta look actually. I'm I'm not big I'm not a good social media guy. Oh, Joshua Bishop underscore on Twitter, Joshua Bishop II on Instagram for intense icon, not the second. I'm an original um I really use, even though I don't really use them. Um, uh, I know I have a lot of wrestling stuff muted because I think people just get mad at each other, and it's a lot of drama for no reason. So I follow a lot of NBA stuff and memes, NBA memes. Um, but you can find me this Saturday night, becoming the first ever four-time absolute champion in Akron, Ohio. And honestly, you know what? Until LeBron, once I get that absolute strap back, listen, LeBron, I'm just going to say, I'll give you the crown when you come back. I'll give you the keys to our city back. But I'm I'm holding it down as the king. I, I'm i proclaiming right now I am the new king of Northeast Ohio until LeBron wants to come back. Then I'll hand him right back over to you. What? But, I, but I'll have to hold it down for you. Uh, A you man, one man can only do so much, LeBron. Josh Bishop and Matt Cardona, absolute title, Matt. This Saturday, April 22nd, it's going to be forward to it. Josh Mitchell, thank you for your time. Thank no you problem. Thank you, guys. I'm sorry if I <laughs> it was just ranting too much or raving. I don't no. think I'm a good interview, but no, I appreciate you, you having me. me on. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Cheers. Thank, thank you, Josh. We yep, appreciate it. Take care. That was Josh. such a fun chat. My God. Oh, he's great. He's great. He, he, he did that last time when he was on spot. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to interview everything. We do it. We did like an hour with him or something. And he's so good. Once we got the audio cleared up, then the wind kicked in at the end. Uh, what, what can you do? Right. It's live. I don't, yeah. He was out in like the parking lot. I'm pretty sure. Absolutely. was. That's fine. That was a good time. This was a really good chat. Uh, this, was, this was a good episode, Jeremy Lambert. We went very long today because it's Friday and because we wanted to make time for Josh. But uh, do do check out that show. It's on Fight Plus, AIW. They present, damn, because they're going to have uh, the, the one and only uh, Farouk, Ron Simmons, in attendance for the show. So go check that out if you're around and, and you want to watch it on Fight Plus. Or if you happen to be in Akron and you want to go watch the show live and in person, they still have some tickets remaining as far as I can see. So check it out, AIW Wrestling. Jeremy Lambert, let's get the plugs. Let's get out of here. It's time for lunch. It is time for lunch. I feel like I should go to that AIW show. Uh, I thought you were. I, I I thought about it. You know, I got I got things going on, Joel Pearl. Like it's tough to tough to make plans. I, I should have gone. I could have gone to uh, AEW this past week, and I, I didn't in Pittsburgh. I didn't uh, end up going to that one. Um, to be completely honest, the card didn't like speak to me that I wanted to make this trip to Pittsburgh to to watch that event. Um, yeah, I should probably go to this AIW show. I'll see what I can do. Only, only if Josh, only if I can get the big high five from Josh and he ruins my hand. You think Jimmy would uh, like insure it? These are the money makers right here, Joel Pearl. Like fightful, fightful don't exist. These are the headline gods right here. You know, text to speech exists, right? Nah, it doesn't work that well. That Better start well. learning to type with your feet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. I I don't know. I don't need plugs. Don't follow me on Twitter. Follow Steven Jensen on Twitter at fighttalk underscore. 
tune into everything we've got going on on Fightful Overbooked. I will say this. Uh, first week in the books within the weeds. Uh, I was really happy with, with everything we accomplished this week. And that was good. And I look forward to continue to do this show. We got uh, good ideas when it comes to, to guests and things. I really like the format. I really believe in this. And uh, thank you to everyone who was tuned in this week. Uh, thank you to guests this week. Deanna Perrazzo was on Monday. Um, Matt Black from WrestleZone was on Monday. Alex McCarthy was on Wednesday. We had Andrew Zarian on short notice today. We had Haley and Kylie from Tag Talk today. And of course, Josh Bishop. Thank you to all the guests this week who joined us uh, in the weeds. And yeah, looking forward to the future of, of this show. And thank you, Joel Pearl, I guess. Thank you, Jeremy. This is something that uh, we, we kind of talked about in short notice because I realized I'm waking up earlier and earlier during the days and said, maybe wrestling needs a morning show that isn't just busted open radio. So we went in the weeds and we decided let's do this Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays from 10 a.m. until, well, currently almost 1 p.m. But uh, I, think we'll, I think we'll stick to the noon because otherwise I might fall asleep at my desk. As great as the conversation is, five hours of sleep doesn't keep me awake. So Two coffee. I'm, I'm a double. I'm a two two coffee a day person now. I am about, I gotta, to, about to fire up another one. Yeah, I hear you. It's going to be a busy day. I got to go record uh, Strong Style next. So, good luck to me and and our friend Cher Delaware, who's amazing. But anyway, uh, there's tons of content here in Fightful Overbooked. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, go ahead do that now. That episode of uh, Strong Style that I just kind of mentioned will be going up in the next few days, I think. Uh, and until Sunday. then, Sunday morning. Sunday morning? Sure, whatever. And then Kate and I have to do a thing at night anyway, so what does it matter? Until then, I am Actual Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary, enjoy your weekend, and come get in the weeds with us on Monday at 10 a.m. here on Fightful Overbooked. Cheers.